What's up? Fresh is our turn, baby. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Jordan, and this is Desmond, and welcome to episode 169 of Two Black Nerds. Yeah. That's right, it's that time once again for us to bring you our opinions and how it takes on all things fandom, pop culture, and entertainment. As always, you can find Two Black Nerds wherever you get your podcasts. Please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a friendly rating and comment to show your support. And of course, join in on the conversation each and every week by following us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Two Black Nerds. We appreciate that. Love y'all. And let's not forget to mention we have merchandise that's available now at Two blacknerds.com go check out our two black nerds forever collection inspired by black panther wakanda forever we got t-shirts connect city stickers mugs and toe bags so go ahead and place those orders right now on today's show we'll be previewing more than a dozen projects slated to drop from marvel this year from the beginnings of phase five in the marvel cinematic universe to sony's expanding slate of spider-man related projects we'll discuss our thoughts on everything we expect to see in 2023 but before we get to any and all of that we're kicking off this podcast with huge announcements from another superhero cinematic universe i'm talking about dc studios and the brand new dc universe now we have been waiting with high anticipation for the announcement of a brand new dc studio slate james gunn the current co-ceo of dc studios the brand new dc studios in fact has long teased that announcements would be coming at the top of 2023 and he specifically said january you will all know what the immediate future for dc studios will be little did we know he was going to wait literally the entire month of january until he told us these announcements giving us all the way until the last day to finally unveil what will be the future of the new dc universe so on monday of this week he actually held a private event at Warner Brothers Studios for press and journalists to attend to officially unveil all of the next iterations of these projects and what's going to be coming down the pipeline over the next few years so that they can go write their stories, create their content to really create a lot of support and momentum around this big announcement. And just before the recording of this podcast earlier this afternoon, we finally got the unveiling of the brand new DC universe and everything that's going to come. And we officially have 10 projects across both film and TV that we will be getting over the next few years. There's so many things to get to so many specifics, so many projects that we expected to hear about some brand new surprises that we had no idea were currently being developed. So lots to get to here, but before we dive into the specifics and go project by project and give our thoughts and general opinions about what's going to be coming out here from DC, man, I just want to quickly get your temperature check on everything you heard. How do you feel about mm-hmm. this DC announcement? Are you excited? What are your overall thoughts about everything that James Gunn and company rolled out today? Yeah, man. I think first and foremost, I feel pretty good about this, man, mainly because it's the thing that we've been asking for for a long period of time. Even people who aren't heavy into really DC movies and TV shows and, you know, everything that there is always... I've been asked so many questions about why don't they use the same actor in the Flash TV show in the movies? Why don't they, you know what I'm saying? Why doesn't why doesn't the Arrowverse connect to the DCEU? What's going on there? They could have used this Batman over here and this Batman over here. And, you, and, and I think today, James Gunn and Peter Safran addressed that very important thing that concerned fans for a very long time. 
not only that, but me and you, again, talk DC constantly and frequently on this podcast a lot. And one thing that I think we always bring up is if you're going to have separate brands, make it make sense. Just tell us what the other brand is. <laughs> we've been, we've probably said that like eight times in the past year. Like if you're going to have separate things, just tell us, make a new earth, make a new something. Now we have news that it's going to literally be called elsewhere. And I think that's very important when, when hearing this news for me, of course, again, beyond all the projects that we'll talk about in a second, beyond all of that, it's being able to say, this is another thing. This is the, th- the main thing that we're doing. This is um, we're using all the actors in all, all across all everything for the same TV shows and movies. That's super important. And so just that news alone makes me happy. It makes me excited. That is what James Gunn came in there to do is to find a vision and to find some focus. And that's what it sounds like right now that they're doing. Not only that, but him giving us the information that the movies coming up are not for no reason. He, he, you know, him saying Shazam was already uh, kind of was a little disconnected. So now we can connect it because it was already a little disconnected. Genius. You know what I mean? Like, it feels good to me. Now, I know a lot of people that had no interest in going to see Shazam. Now they're like, oh, shoot, maybe I should pop in there real quick. You know what I mean? I think that energy is part of uh, something that can that can really shift what DC has going on here, man. Now, in in a lot of ways, people were looking for the first movie that James Gunn as a reboot, you know what I'm saying, as the new start. But now I'm like, well, the new start's in about a month and some change, you know what I mean? Two months um, at max. And I think that 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 feels good to me, like knowing like DC, we just got, we're not disappearing, they're not disappearing for two years now. Now it's like, okay, there's some stuff in the works and we know what's going on, man. So again, overall, I'm feeling really good about it. I love that James Gunn uh, uh, took the time with the, I love how he's telling us he has other talented writers, other people on projects. I think that was another concern was that James Gunn was doing a lot of things by himself. It's very clear that he's not now. We had uh, this other projects on here where we're like, oh, we're not sure he's going to do it. He's doing them. And we're very, I think I'm very excited for it. So I'm ready, man. I think James Gunn and Peter Safran are here to get the job done, but we'll have to see. We needed this. We've been wanting it. And finally, we have clarity on just everything that they plan to do and what the direction and the path forward is going to be. And ultimately, looking at the list of projects that are slated to come out in the next few years, I just notice a great amount of balance. We're getting very recognizable characters, your really premium characters that we know. The Trinity is represented in some form and fashion across all of these projects, your Wonder Woman's, Batman's, and Superman's. Mm-hmm. Also, concurrently with the mixture of characters that many people probably haven't heard about, characters that I haven't heard about, and then still some familiar people as well that have been introduced maybe in other projects that are coming as holdovers from things that are already sort of on the air or in current productions that we'll see come to life over the course of the next few years. And so it's really positive to just see the confidence that they're exuding in everything that they're trying to do here. And largely when I look at this this list of announcements and just look at these projects, it just causes a lot of excitement around me just to know like, We have some really passionate people behind this stuff who are trying to get the best people in the industry to really helm these projects and bring them across the finish line and to create really entertaining experiences for us as fans and and as an audience. There are a few things about this that I think still leave my head scratching to some extent. There are still a few things where I don't know if they make complete sense compared to Mm -hmm. some of the questions that we've been asking about continuity in certain actors or actresses that will or won't be participating some of that stuff isn't 100 clear to me that being mm-hmm. said 
I still have a lot of faith and confidence in this just for the fact that they have complete buy-in from their parent company, Warner Brothers Discovery. They have all the support that they need to really push this vision forward and to do this the way that they want to do it. They need that autonomy. This is how it should be run. They need to have the same level of control and vision that we've seen executed damn near flawlessly for 15 years by Kevin Feige and the team that he's crafted over there at Marvel Studios. And so everything across the board here, I think, is stuff to be excited about. And I just can't wait, really, to start to see everything roll out and how it's actually going to hit us and how we're going to receive it as an audience. But we'll have to get to that stuff in a couple of years. But in the meantime, we have some names. We have a couple of release dates. We have a little bit more clarity about some of the existence of current projects versus new projects, and just overall what the vision is going to be. So let's get into all the nitty gritty. There's going to be a lot of deviations that we're going to have to make and also bear with us. There's going to be a lot of quotes that we have to read just because we don't want to get any of this wrong and we're doing this really fresh as we're reacting to this news as it comes out. But we'll start off on the movie side. There's five movies that were announced and then we'll get to the TV side of things, which also has five TV series. It is important to note that the reveal here for this this first chapter of of projects that'll be rolling out is only part of what's going to make up chapter one and they did give chapter one a title they're going to call this gods and monsters which i think is really interesting and creates this overarching narrative for everything that's going to come out starting in a couple of years here but by all accounts this isn't even the full makeup of what chapter one is going to be there are apparently other projects that we'll find out about later in chapter one so this is just really the tipping point that tip the tip of the iceberg of the beginnings of chapter one but the first thing that we have to address is the superman movie that'll be coming in a, in a couple of years which now has a title superman legacy and it will be dropping july 11th 2025 we had been hearing about this project that james gunn had confirmed himself that he was writing it we've also questioned whether or not he will direct it but peter safran in the press release for dc he said that this is really the launch of the dcu and everything that they're currently working on right now with james writing it they're hoping that he also may direct it is the fact that this won't be an origin story. It's going to focus on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. Superman represents truth, justice, and the American way. He is kindness in a world that thinks of kindness as old-fashioned. And so this is really kicking mm. off everything in a couple of years here. Again, that's coming out July 11th, 2025. So we've been here in a similar position before. Man of Steel was technically the start of the DCEU back in right. 2013. That was the film that kickstarted that universe. We're now coming back to Superman as being the the nexus point, the the fulcrum to kick off everything. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about this title and the fact that we'll get it in a couple of years? What excites you about the Superman project? Yeah, it. I think it will always make sense for Superman to start anything DC just because the man is like the start of comics in general. <laughs> you know what I mean? It always feels like the right place to start, especially when you're DC and it's like, yeah, let's just start at the origin. Like you, let's just start at the origin. Um, the one the the s on the chest the the original you know superman man i feel like that's something that you just have to do and in, in, in especially because superman does feel like a character that's been done in in so in the same way in some way so many times that it's I, I feel like there's always a new take that somebody can take on superman not only that but superman never lasts enough for us to get into a lot of his roles gallery like there we, i think we have yet to see like a really good brainiac <laughs> we always see like anytime we see a lot of good superman content it's always a zod or it's always a, a lex luthor it's never like 
all these 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 Grundies and uh, and uh, just other people that um, you know Superman has to go against, and so it's it's yeah I don't know it's just I feel like it's 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 very it's very cool um, to be able to start with Superman again, especially under the new guise of James Gunn who is writing this, who we know to be a very different writer <laughs> than anybody that we've ever seen. You can't watch James Gunn anything and be like, yep, I've seen that before. It simply does not happen with this man here, and so you bring it in a movie Superman Legacy. I don't mind the name. Um, I, I don't know what it means yet, per se. I think it could mean a ton of things. Uh, but I think this is a, a great place um, to start. In fact, I think what they're not telling us is it's not only the origin story of, you know, um, the Man of Steel, but it's really, I think he hasn't told us the lowest lane of it all yet, which I think will be important in this movie um, as well. As he say, if this isn't the beginning of Superman... Lois Lane got to be somewhere, you know what I'm saying? Like their relationship needs to be somewhere. So I'm 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 pretty looking forward uh, to that stuff as well. The release date is one of the most important things to me about all this because 2025 is about to be the most ridiculous year for superhero movies that we've seen in a very long time. Officially, like today was the day. It was like, yep, <laughs> 2024, mm, maybe not so much. 2025 is gonna be cracking, y'all. We now have Superman Legacy. We have Batman Part 2, The Batman Part 2, Fantastic Four, and Avengers The Kang Dynasty all coming out in 2025. I, wow. Like, if, if, if there's another year that can compete with those movies, those four big blockbuster superhero films, let me know. Um, but Avengers, Batman, Superman, and Fantastic Four is a crazy slate for films to come out that year. So I, I, I love um, what's happening here. I think for, uh, overall, for the most part, again, just waiting to see who's going to direct the film. But from everything we've heard, it's sounding good to me. It's going to be James Gunn. I'm going to keep saying that. He's directing this movie. I really believe that they keep playing coy as if he's not directing it. And maybe mm -hmm. even James Gunn is somewhat hesitant. I just, I can't see anybody else doing it if he's already writing it. And I do think that it makes a statement that the guy who is the co-CEO of this, who's shepherding this new universe, will just get behind the director's chair and bring this vision to life. Because we always talk about the importance of Iron Man to the MCU. How we that do. established a tone, how that set the pace for everything that they've done since that first movie. It was really the epitome of being a blueprint movie. And you need that. You need something that's going to be so strong and be so identifiable as the central focus point. Mm -hmm. And nobody can really do that like James Gunn when it comes to these comic book characters. We've seen him do it time and time again, especially with the Guardians of the Galaxy. He knows how to really put his stamp on something. I truly believe it's him. I can't wait for this movie. It makes sense that Superman is kicking all of this off. 2025, I agree, will be a crazy year. Let's move on to the next project, which is a little bit more obscure, probably the most obscure project that's on this list, and that's The Authority. <laughs> yeah. James Gunn described this as one of his real passion projects, and they're actually Wildstorm characters. If you don't know, Wildstorm is a comics imprint that was bought by DC a while ago, and so these characters are going to be integrated into the DCU. And so from the press release, it says, quote, the Authority is a very different kind of superhero story. They are basically good intention, but they think that the world is completely broken. And the only way to, the fi the only way to fix it is to take things into their own hands, whether that means killing people, destroying heads of state, changing governments, basically whatever they want to do to make the world better. We'll see how that journey, journey goes for them. And so if you listen to that quote, it sounds very akin to the Suicide Squad, an anti-hero team that typically doesn't follow the rules, probably a bunch of misfits. They don't really know how to work together. They figure out how mm -hmm. to work together, but they're not necessarily the greatest people. And this makes me really excited just for the fact that 
one of the big things that they mentioned in this full rollout is the fact that outside of a few projects like your Joker, which is going to be that DC Elseworlds project, and then maybe one other villain that they introduce, they're playing with a lot of gray area here. There's not really going to be the traditional, oh, here's the hero and then there's their villain. We're going to play with characters that have moral dilemmas, that their compass might not necessarily be pointing in the best direction at all times. And so we might, as an audience, gravitate towards the bad guys or the anti-heroes. So I think a lot of that tone and the tonality is going to be a big focal point in terms of how characters are introduced. But authority, what do you make of this? The fact that it is like such an obscure team that's going to be brought into like a really big way with this new dc universe it's the most james gunn thing ever who else but to bring in the authority but james gunn man these these groups of character this group of characters is so weird and obscure that i think um i think we're gonna have a good time with them man they're not they're like a by any means necessary group of people they're very much um just ridiculous man their powers are different actually than a lot of other popular superheroes that we've seen and i think uh this is this is a exciting opportunity to bring a new team to the forefront that we haven't seen before i think part of the reason is like they're like all right let's just give you know while we get everything back together let's give the justice league a rest <laughs> you know what i'm saying but they people still have the the appetite to see a team so i think he's throwing the authority in here man to not only get a new look of some superheroes who aren't always so super um especially in a world where the boys and invincible exist, you know, I feel like he's like, let's throw a little wrench in there. Again, this is very James Gunny to me uh, for them to for them to include this group here, man. But I think it's a really cool idea. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it's one of those those sleeper hits that, that might exist, you know, on this list. Of course, people are going to gravitate towards all the, all the popular names. But I think the same way that James Gunn introduced Guardians to the world, I think he's trying to introduce the authority to the world in a, in a slightly different way. And in some ways, the authority... Loki is probably a more mature Guardians in that way. And I'm to be honest, I'm excited to see that. So I think it's I think it's pretty dope. He's bringing them here. What better way to expand your universe quickly than to do a superhero team up movie? That's how you make this all happen really fast. But you need somebody who can effectively do that to introduce these characters and to get us to care about them because they all won't have individual origin movies so as a unit we have to gravitate towards them and really buy into what their arcs and their development is going to look like and i think it's also just an easy win to integrate them within the rest of the universe in a really natural mm -hmm. way because if you have multiple characters i'm sure that many of them have probably had interactions maybe with some other er heroes that are going to occupy this universe so i think it's just an easy win and also as you said just the nature of where things are going right now and where they mm -hmm. are with things like the boys and invincible these more mature stories again playing with tone and tonality giving us different flavors and not shoehorning everything into sort of a pg-13 environment they can go in this more mature maybe even rated r direction if they choose to with this particular project the next one which is obviously going to be a personal favorite of mine is the brave and the bold which is indeed a batman and robin movie making this the first time that robin will be back in a live action film theatrically yep. Since the Batman and Robin movie from 1997, directed by Joel Schumacher, that nearly killed the Batman franchise for all eternity. <laughs> Though I still look back on that movie with a little bit of taint of fondness. Just a little bit. I have a little soft spot for it. But The Brave and the Bold is coming. This is not going to be Robert Pattinson. Yep. This is not going to be Ben Affleck. Nope. A brand new Batman is on the way. A brand new Robin is on the way. And also, they intend to introduce the Bat family. And first among them will be this version of Robin, who will be the Damian Wayne version of Robin, mm -hmm. which we know is the son of Bruce Wayne, 
And Bruce never found that out in the comics until Damien was like eight or nine years old. It took him a while yep. to find out that he had a son. And so this is a very, very specific take. It's not Dick Grayson. It's not Jason Todd. They're going with the with the younger Damian Wayne here. I am so incredibly excited about this. Now, there is there is obviously the issue possibly of confusion with the whole Elseworlds, the Batman, Robert Pattinson. Mm -hmm. What's the whole Ben Affleck Batman situation going to look like if he's in the Flash this upcoming summer? But you have to have Batman a part of the new fabric of this universe. You can't make a new DC universe without a Batman. And I like the fact that they're going to bring in this Batman and pair him with Robin. That's the differentiating factor that we haven't seen in so long. That's how you make him different than currently what's happening in the Matt Reeves verse that that, mm-hmm. that is more mature and more isolated on the Bruce Wayne figure. How do you feel about the brave and the bold? How do you feel about Damian Wayne being the Robin that's going to be the focal point here? Yes, yes, and yes um, for so many different reasons. The very first one, I'm, I'm wearing a Robin shirt to this movie. I'm not wearing a Batman shirt. I'm wearing a Robin <laughs> shirt. Um, I haven't seen Robin. I've been asking for Robin for so long, man, and because in 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 loving Batman, Robin just has always been not only present in a lot of the cartoons we've seen and the comics we read, but in the animation we've seen too. Right? Robin is a constant force. It's always Batman and Robin, or Robin's part of the story, or Robin. It's really only in live action that we'd be like, "Where the hell is Robin at?" <laughs> kind of type thing. And so we finally get some confirmation that this is not just the brave, but it's also the bold. Damian Wayne will be here man what i love about damien in 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 bruce's relationship is it's not great <laughs> like damien is just a little brat you know what i'm saying he's a kid he's, he's an been asshole ra- he's been raised by the league of shadows he's been he's been around Tiliagul too much who was <laughs> his mother and they, they don't always get along the best but that's a story that has yet to be told in live action again we've seen it but we haven't seen it live action. I think that makes all the difference for me, man. For some reason, and it, I, again, I, we were like, uh-oh, we got to go through Batman again. But if we're going to do it, make it new. Make it fresh. And you, you, them up front telling me this is low-key a father and son story? Absolutely. Let's get, let's get it cracking. I, I, that's that's what I want to see, and that's what I want to hear, man. So very excited about Damian Wayne, man. Again, what a crazy character. But another, another thing that made me excited about all this was – him verbally telling us this is the beginning of the Bat Family. <laughs> like, yes, that is that's very important to me, man. Imagine, I don't know, like I'm at, the Bat Family's huge, right? Imagine them being like, mm, Bat Girl, come on back. You know what I'm saying? Imagine them being like, shoot, signal that sh- sh- I, it, anything. There's so there's, the Bat Family has been like 25 people now in and out of of bat bat girls bat women's signal robins red hoods night wings it's all of them and so you tell me that that potential is out there post this movie or this is the this movie is the start of that that makes me very excited so i'm all in on bat, uh, the brave and the bold for sure again another easy win the bigger implication here is not only the project that's announced but what also the future of this ip is going to mean and the fact that we are going to get a Nightwing. We are going to get a Bad Girl. We're going to get a Red Hood. Like those things are happening. They could also be happening in this chapter one, this Gods and Monsters mm-hmm. chapter. They just didn't announce it yet. They weren't ready to. They haven't broken the story. They haven't gotten that far necessarily at this point. So the bigger implications, creating this larger integrated universe in really easy ways because all of these characters have so many different supporting characters that can really build this universe. My bold prediction about this one is that Ben Affleck's going to direct it. Because they have made numerous points about Mm -hmm. 
wanting to work with him. They've met with him. Ben has made it verbally clear he doesn't want to portray Batman anymore, at least in a at least in a standalone film. He's likely going to have maybe some some cameos in some some of these upcoming movies this year. We'll have to see. But as a filmmaker, Ben Affleck has made great work. He's won an Academy Award for the same mm-hmm. studio in Warner Brothers. I think that this is the project he'll direct. And I would totally be here for it because he's already written a Batman script years ago that went unused and and, and he was going to introduce Deathstroke. That won't be the story, obviously, but I think that the man loves the character. He loves this world. And so I could see him easily slotting in as the filmmaker to take on the brave and the bold and yeah. potentially be the shepherd of this pocket of this of this particular universe and make it more integrated with everything else. Let's move on to the next one. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. So this is also super interesting just because we know we're going to get a Supergirl in the Flash movie this year. This seems like it will be a different Supergirl, though we don't know that. They didn't announce any casting announcements today besides Viola Davis, who's going to be coming back as Amanda Waller. They also didn't announce any filmmakers today. So there could be some same actors being used here, or it could just be somebody entirely new. But this Supergirl movie is going to be based on the Tom King run of the comic. And in this story, Superman, who we know has been sent from Earth, has been raised by loving parents, but Kara was on Krypton, and she's a piece of the planet that drifted away and lived her first 14 years of life in a really tough and difficult situation. She watched everybody around her die, so I think it's definitely a more tragic story compared to her cousin that Mm -hmm. we've seen and that we haven't explored, but this is is a really bold move to say we're going to do not only a Superman movie, but we're going to do a Supergirl movie as well, and that's going to be one of the first projects that we announce Not much more to know beyond that, but Supergirl has grown in popularity over the years, again, with the inclusion in other projects, animated films, video games, the upcoming Flash movie, as I noted. How do you think that this fits with the the whole strategy and what they're doing in the the larger picture of what they're building out here? Yeah, I think they're trying to, um, I think because they're taking a very slight different approach in moving not going moving forward with wonder woman completely yet you know we'll talk about that in the tv series in a second but i feel like they're like okay in this opening movie slate there has to be the woman lead somewhere that we have and i think supergirl is just their pick right now and it's it's i think what james gunn is partially trying to do is is subvert expectations a little bit because i actually really liked um the supergirl tv show i thought it was pretty one of the better t- uh, DC TV shows. It was it was like the perfect cheesy to me. But I think James Gunn is going to do something where he like cracks that a little bit. Because The Woman of Tomorrow, I think, is not a so nice, is, which, which is what he's saying. Like, it's a very different type of Supergirl, which I think, you know, you even said it. The story is not, it's not what you think it is. You know what I mean? It's a little darker tone when it comes to that. And we have yet to really get a woman-driven darker story out of out of superhero dumb really across the board you know of course there's some black widow stuff that's kind of dark you know there's some shoot gamora stuff that's kind of dark but i think in terms of the the somebody who's helming the movie the titular character um i think he's trying to subvert expectations a little bit so i think people are going to go in like okay supergirl this is going to be happy it's going to feel like superman and i have a feeling it's not going to be like that at all and so i think that's something that's what they're trying to do i think they're trying to shake up what the tone of this universe is going to be pretty early dc fans do tend to be darker fans and i think again with the authority the way the brave and the bold is sounding the way this supergirl woman of tomorrow is sounding i think they're trying to get into no this tone is not what y'all think it is this is not the happy dc you've been seeing on tv for the past over a decade you know what i mean they're like let's switch it up and i think that's what this is doing and and, and if so i'm pretty excited about that because it really care uh car care however you 
people want to pronounce it, but she's she's a pretty cool character if you get to know her. So I think I, I'm okay with this too. Woman lead is important, and also again, I'll just keep hitting this nail on the head. Leveraging current characters that we know with less familiar characters, even though Supergirl is is pretty pretty popular these days, but. Mm-hmm. The expansion of this universe, the integration with other characters and how this is going to build out to something bigger because they did not announce like a huge crossover movie yet. I'm sure that they have something that they're working towards. I have my thoughts. But if you are building towards that in the near future, then you need to figure out a way to introduce your main primary characters, your pillars, so to say, but also to get in those other supporting characters that play equally as important roles. And if you're going to do a clash of generations or if you're going to bring in just multiple derivative characters that that have mm-hmm. similar power sets or maybe from the same family as in the case of the brave and the bold again you're expanding this roster relatively quickly and you have to do so within a truncated amount of time they don't have like 10 years to really get this stuff done and so i think supergirl is another easy win to leverage what they've already accomplished or what they will accomplish i should say with the superman legacy movie because there could already be some teases and some things that are placed in that film that might pay off in the Supergirl film that they'll eventually, you know, sort of reveal once that once that comes to the forefront. So we'll have to see. But I'm really excited about this one. I think a proper Supergirl movie, because there is a really bad one that came out in the 80s. I think a proper Supergirl movie is due. And uh, if it is Sasha Kaye, who's playing her in the upcoming Flash movie, we don't know how her performance is. We don't know how that's going to look. Mm-hmm. But there could be a potential case in which she comes back and returns. I don't know. But I've heard that she is really great and really terrific in that film. I wouldn't mind seeing her come back or if they just want to go in a completely new route and get somebody else that's going to be totally different, that's fine as well. The next film, the last film that we're going to talk about is Swamp Thing, which is probably another big, bold announcement. So Swamp Thing is known across DC fandom and across the DC universe, but very, very different from all the other characters that we've talked about thus far. They've taken a crack at Swamp Thing over in the DC side of things multiple times. There's been a couple of TV series. There was one a few years ago that was on the DC universe streaming platform that oddly they released the series premiere and then right after they announced it and released it they said oh by the way we're canceling the show after the first season it's not going to come back which i was just completely perplexed by you could have just waited until the season was over but they announced it right after the series <laughs> premiere and i actually liked the first season i watched that it's show good. And it was it's pretty a good decent. show <laughs> it's a good show it had a great tone visually it was really impressive so it was sad to see it go but they're going to give swamp thing the live action treatment and it's going to be really interesting because this is going to be Probably the most unique in terms of tone compared to everything else, compared mm-hmm. to the Batmans and the, and the Supergirls, because this will be interconnected, but as I said, tonally and aesthetically, it will feel vastly different, but they did mention that this is going to be investigating the dark origins of Swamp Thing, so it seems like we're going to go back to the beginning with this character. I am not a Swamp Thing expert, I know a little bit, but... Even with that being said, I'm I'm really, really excited about this one because you can just get so weird and so out there with this particular project. And you can also find a super visionary filmmaker to craft this thing and to make it something yeah. that we have just not experienced before. So I can't wait to see what they bring to life with this with this new project. Yeah, man. In fact, that, that Swamp Thing TV show was I remember being produced by James Wan, which is like part of the reason I was like, hell yeah, let's do this thing. But uh, man, Swamp Thing, dude, what a weird character. I, I'm i pretty excited for this. This is another one that's like, oh, y'all doing something different. <laughs> a Swamp Thing movie now? OK, yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all definitely doing something different. Plus, Swamp Thing is one of those characters that exists in in D.C., in particular in the realm of the Justice League, where you can put them wherever you want, and it just works. 
it's because he is weird, but because he's part of the earth, he just works. Uh, you could, you could even uh, knock on wood, but you could even say this Swamp Thing movie is the beginning of some Justice League dark stuff. Bet. Okay, you know what I mean? Like, again, knock on wood, but like you could say that. You could say this dude is, I don't know, definitely, he's definitely a crossover character, long story short, which is what makes me part of uh, my excitement for this, man. So I'm pretty excited to see it. Swamp Thing is cool. If you don't know Swamp Thing, look up Swamp Thing, watch the TV show. This is this is one of the characters I'm like, he's pretty freaking tight. I mean, he was so popular, they at least put him in the Injustice game. He, put, he was in Justice too as a character. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's popular enough to be there. You should probably know about him kind of type thing. He's really dope. He's even... He even made his way into Harley Quinn, <laughs> uh, the, the the TV show. So, man, I'm I'm I think this is, is going to be dope. Again, another one of those tone. This is different than what you've seen before. Things that James Gunn and Peter Safran are telling y'all. They're like Swamp Thing movie is happening. Don't forget, we st- there's still some Constantine stuff waving in the air right now. But Swamp Thing, man, I, I think this is going to be dope. Could we see a? redemption story for james wan could he direct this movie is that a possibility james wan and peter saffron are tight can you can you envision that james wan directing a (laughs) swamp thing movie man (laughs) that would be fucking insane i have another name that would also just be equally as like ridiculous and would be a dream Mm -hmm. guillermo del toro oh my god can you can you see like that would just blow my fucking socks off because what you can do with that and what I think is possible with how they're framing stuff, Guillermo doesn't have to come in and necessarily create a franchise. He doesn't have mm-hmm. to come in and direct five movies. But if he has a specific take, or even James Wan for that matter, if they have a specific take and they just want to get that vision out there and come in for one movie, I think that they would have the leeway to do it. But that brings us to transitioning to the TV side of things because we also got the announcement of five TV series. The first one is going to be called Creature Commandos, which is the first series that they're going to be releasing. (laughs) Apparently, James Gunn has already written the entire series. I don't know when this guy sleeps because he writes so goddamn fast. But this is going to be an animated project, which is also just uniquely interesting. The first and only animated project that they announced thus far. And the artwork that they released actually came from the animation company that is currently working on it. But this is going to be based on a team from D.C. And I think that in mentioning this project, this is also a good point to slightly deviate and just mention the 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 overall strategy and the integration of many other elements and mediums into what this new plan is going to look like. We've talked about the fact that this isn't just going to be live action. This will be an interconnected universe across live action, television, animation, and even video games is a part of the plan at some point. And this is definitely definitely a reference to that because they talked about the fact that some of the characters are going to be going back and forth from live action. They're going to go back and forth from theatrical to television. Rick Flagg Sr., the father of the Rick Flagg that we met in the Suicide Squad movie, is going to be a character in this in, in this in this television series. And so they're definitely making it a point to say, hey, this stuff is going to be a lot more fluid than it ha- ever has been. How do you feel about that? How do you feel that that's going to work with some of the things that we're already seeing? Because there's already a Warner Brothers animated division that creates DC animated content multiple mm-hmm. times a year. There's always like four to five home video releases. And James Gunn and Safran mentioned that they're currently talking with them and discussing with them how that's going to work into their future projects and if they're going to connect or what that's all going to look like. How do you feel about just the entire integration of all, of all these different mediums and what they're going to do in the new DCU? Man, it's something that technically hasn't been done before. You know, I'm, there's always, of course, like, very uh, very few examples of of 
of times where um, anything animation carries over to live action there. It just doesn't happen a lot. The same thing with, again, him telling us the people who play the voice actors in these animated shows are going to be the same actors when we bring them to live action. That doesn't happen that often. Does it happen? A little bit. It does happen sometimes, but it doesn't happen that often. And to see it happening here is kind of refreshing in a way because this is something that I always thought was not necessarily easy, but it was just like an easy idea, if that makes sense. Maybe not easy to execute, but it's like, why are we doing this kind of type thing? And now somebody comes out and it's like, okay, we're somebody's finally doing it. And, and I'm glad um, that James Gunn is doing it, man. I think, I think it's a great, 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 great idea, man, especially given, again, all they're trying to dip into everything possible, movie, TV, video games. Again, another industry we've been talking about a lot lately that's like, I can imagine Creature Commandos is this crazy animated cartoon that's just, it's just amazing. Now you can make a crazy video game like the Suicide Squad versus Creature Commandos. Something ridiculous that doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? But like people will pick up on that. I think they they touch on each other in those same ways too. The same ways that uh, a lot of people played the, the Batman games because the Dark Knight was so hot. You know what I mean? People was like, I got to go play the game now. The Dark Knight is I love those movies. And so they 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 had to do that. And so I feel I feel James Gunn trying to pick up that same energy. Like, shoot, y'all like this game, y'all probably or y'all like this movie or this TV show, you probably need to go play the game too. And I think it just it just makes sense across the board, especially if you especially if you establish such a good brand. If people look forward to your games as AAA every time, you know what I mean? If there's no disappointments like Gotham Knights, you know what I mean? If there's no disappointments in there like that. Then and you can just say it's a banger after banger, it's nothing but W's across the board. Not only for them as a company, but for us as the consumer. And so I think that's what makes me so excited as somebody who does consume every bit of content just like that. I think that's that's pretty dope. And so I'm I'm looking forward to this strategy. By the way, I'm I'm really struggling to finish Gotham Knights. It's it's really kicking my ass right now. I just I haven't, I haven't done it. It, it is it is it's really straining my patience on how much it's taking out of me to to want to finish that game <laughs> that aside I, I i love this as well one of the things that they did mention on the video game piece is that they're not gonna drop the superman legacy movie and then create a video game to accompany it like we used right. to see you know those mm -hmm. games that would be quickly developed on very low minimal budgets ever. they just weren't really good there, well there's a couple of examples just a couple. I'll say Spider-Man 2 back okay. on the PS2. Spider-Man 2 that's, was different. That's like one. I agree. I think the Wolverine game was kind of decent too. That was that was that, that one did okay. But <laughs> you're right. By and large, they suck. They're 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 pretty trash because they just don't have the resources behind them to be mm -hmm. what we would want them to be. So he mentioned that, you know, maybe we get the Superman Legacy movie, and then two or three years later, the Supergirl movie comes out. But in between that, could we create a game that somehow advances the narrative of what they're telling with those kryptonian characters could it be a crypto mm. the super dog game or something like that like you say a triple mm -hmm. a game that has more resources and more time put behind it which is the right thing to do you need to take whatever the medium is and craft the perfect strategy around that you can't make it all fit into one isolated thing you have to do what's going to be best for the video game and in this case with creature commandos it sounds like they're doing the best thing for this particular ip because i imagine there's a lot of characters that are going to be utilized and introduced here and it might just be too cost prohibitive to try to make this into a live action movie or even a TV series. Mm. It just might make more sense to do animation. I think that's a similar thing we saw in What If. I don't know if you can really do What If nine times over in a right. limited series every week in live action. That would mm -hmm. just be kind that's of insane lot. from a budget standpoint. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I think that this just might be the best thing 
for this particular project, which I'm not mad at at all. So I'm, I'm actually excited about this one as well. The next project that we're going to talk about is Paradise Lost, which is the closest thing that we got in terms of a Wonder Woman announcement out of all of these projects. Now, we know that the Wonder Woman 3 movie is not going to be moving forward with Patty Jenkins. We, we talked about that a lot. They're currently crafting their own version of the character, but this Paradise Lost series is going to essentially be somewhat of a prequel series to Wonder Woman. And they described it. Peter Safran said that this is a Game of Thrones type of story about the mascara slash Paradise Island, which is the home of the Amazons and the birthplace of Wonder Woman. He says, quote, this involves all of the darkness, drama and political intrigue beyond behind, excuse me, the society of only women, end quote. I love this. I think that this is an excellent idea, especially with the comparison that they made to Game of Thrones to make it mm -hmm. really about the political intrigue. And oftentimes when I look at these big IPs, these big shared interconnected universes, I'm a little dubious about whether they can achieve something to that degree, something that is so mature and so focused in on a particular type of story. When you're talking about political machinations and betrayal and family and society and systemic problems, but we just saw Star Wars kill that shit with Andor. They basically made a Game of Thrones type of series with Andor that I just never would have predicted would have been possible. So the fact that they're comparing this upcoming Paradise Lost series to a Game of Thrones, and that's what they're going after in terms of tone, I think that that's just a really bold move, and it could present us something that we've never really quite experienced before. Yeah, the couple times that we've spent in Themyscira, I've enjoyed. You know, the the those are some of my favorite moments, the beginning of Wonder Woman 2017, or I'm thinking uh, uh, Zach, the Snyder Cut, when we get that full range of what was happening in Themyscira, I was like... I could use some more of that. <laughs> I really like spending time there. And I think uh, James Gunn in some ways feels the same way. He's like, let's take that and kind of put it in the bottle, you know, more so. And I think and I, I, that very, very much interests me, especially as a huge Game of Thrones fan, you know. And so I, I think this is very smart. I think this is something that, that we need. The only thing that I was looking for, I was like, hmm, you're going to. You gonna throw some Nubia in there, man? How you feel about that? We know, mm. we know, this, we know this is for you know. Okay. Hey, Diana and Nubia was born on the same day. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and this takes place before them. That means you still have a chance to bring her up at some point. So sure. I'm still, I'm still looking out for that stuff, man. But I love this. If you're not gonna give me, uh, uh you know, Wonder Woman completely, give me the world that it, that she existed in, in Themyscira. And so I think Paradise Lost. I even love the name. I think the name is great. It's a great name. I think it's ten out of ten. So I, I, I'm. This is probably the the TV series I'm second most excited for. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty excited for that. It has the ability to be really, really huge and enormous in terms of scale, so definitely excited. The next TV series we're going to talk about is called Waller, which is going to be based on Amanda Waller. Now, we had heard about this being in development a few months ago. We knew that James Gunn was actively working on this. Viola Davis will, in fact, be returning as Amanda Waller, which I think presents a couple of questions that I just think makes sense to raise now that <laughs> seem a little bit unclear. So we wondered... Is this a complete reset? Is it starting at the zero point? Is it, hey, maybe 75% of stuff is going to be a reset and then we're going to keep the things that we like? Are we going to continue the DCEU and just introduce some new elements? What is it, what is it all going to look like? And I don't know if we really have any clarity on that still, just based off mm -hmm. of this information that Viola Davis is coming back. And so what's happening with the series is that it's going to actually take place in between seasons one and seasons two of Peacemaker because James Gunn is just incredibly busy now. 
Peacemaker season two is going to be delayed, but Waller is going to serve as sort of the the in-between point. It's going to pick up a lot of those story threads in that series and continue them on until Peacemaker season two does eventually arrive. But the fact that Viola Davis is coming back and also in this little mini press conference to the press that they revealed to yesterday, if you look at the trades and you read everything that came out of it, Peter Safran, James Gunn made it very, very clear that actors like Zachary Levi, who plays Mm -hmm. Shazam, Gal Gadot, who plays Wonder Woman, Jason Momoa, who plays Aquaman, they're welcome to come back and continue their roles if they can find an opportunity for them to. Most of them have movies coming out this year that we're going to see. But James Gunn made it very, very clear Henry Cavill is not Superman and he will not be Superman. I mean, he honed in and focused. (laughs) He ain't coming back, y'all. It's not (laughs) happening. I don't really know how to feel about that. I don't I know. know. I don't know what's going on here. I like the Amanda Waller series as a concept. Sure. Viola Davis in her own comic book fronted series. Give me that every day of the week. She's incredible, mm-hmm. especially with what we saw at a Peacemaker. I just don't really get what's happening here in terms of continuity yeah. because he also mentioned, and we'll talk a little bit about the flash later. He said that that movie's a reset to everything that's happening in the current DC universe. Right. So I don't know. I don't really know what the what the what the resolution is, and maybe we will get clarity. I would hope that we would get clarity on this stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be characters from current projects that are going to make their way into these new these new projects that we see in the future out of this new DCU. What do you make of this? How do you react to it? What are your thoughts? First, um, I have to say this is you could tell this was like one of the ones James Gunn was the most excited for. I don't know how to explain it, but like when it came to this part and Waller, he was like, oh man, y'all gotta watch this TV show, y'all. It's gonna be crazy. Um, I think that made me a little bit excited for it because to see how excited he was for it. Um, I, I agree with everything you just said, man. It's very confusing and in some ways off-putting to try to figure out what all of this means per se. Again, like you said, him saying these people are kind of welcome to come back. Him telling us, like, he's like, ah, Blue Beetle can still be a thing. And, you know, uh, uh, Shazam can still be a thing. Aquaman is still happening. You know, it can still be a thing. Ooh, but that that Henry Cavill, that boy is definitely not coming back. <laughs> not him. Not, not him. ever. <laughs> he's the one not coming back. Um, bruh, I, I really don't know what to make of this yet 100%. Like you said, I don't think it's 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 necessarily been streamlined or thought of completely, but I think they know, I think with 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 Superman being the beginning of the the movie, not necessarily reset, but you know what I mean, beginning of this new movie slate from DC Studios, I think I don't know, he's trying to he's trying to ease us into it, but I don't even think he knows yet 100% how to tell us and how to make it make sense. I think they have part of the story, but not all of it. I think that's part of the delay of him, you know, still taking time out to do some of this stuff. All they could give us today was the Elseworld stuff. He didn't know how to really give us all the other things yet. Especially, again, I, I st- the way he talked about The Flash was very interesting. He was like, mm, I like that movie. I'm like, God damn, everybody liking this Flash movie is still going. This movie must be fire for them not to <laughs> <laughs> for them for them to be going through with this movie. Um, but I, I think in that, I think we just have to continue to wait and see what they say, man, because it is weird. I definitely agree. The the non Henry Cavill stuff, but there's a new Superman, there's a new Batman. I don't know. I don't I don't 100 percent know what's happening. Part of me just thinks he just wants to switch up those two and everybody else's free game. You know what I'm saying? But I, it's part of me wish if that's the case, just say that like the like, look, listen, everybody, we're doing two things. Superman and Batman are changing. Not only that, 
but the timeline is going to reset. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Come out and say that. That's what you're going to do. Um, but I don't even know if that's exactly what he wants to say yet. So I think they're trying to figure it out. But I absolutely agree with everything you just said. I'm not. I'm. I'm not sure, man. All I know is he's excited for Waller, and so I'm excited for Waller. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be dope, man. Viola Davis helming any TV show. If you freaking seen anything she's ever been in, is 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 great, man. So I'm 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 pretty excited for it. I have a bit of wild speculation about Henry Cavill. I'll circle back to it. But let's move on to the next series, which is going to be a live-action HBO Max series entitled Lanterns. Now, we have gone through multiple iterations of what this is supposed to be. But now we have a solid idea on what this project will look like. So from Peter Saffron, he says, quote, Our next project is another television series. We call it Lanterns, and it is starring two of our favorite Green Lanterns, Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. It's going to be with HBO Max, as with all of our series that we're talking about today. It is more of a true detective type mystery with our two lanterns, a terrestrial based mystery, end quote. I don't know about everybody else, but this is the one I cannot wait to see. As soon as he said Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart, and then he said the words true detective type mystery, I'm all the fuck in. True detective season one is a phenomenal season of television. It's it's really incredible. You should watch it if you have not. The fact that they're going to bring that style and flavor into mm. the DC universe, and it's going to be with Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart, the Black Green Lantern at that, and it's going to be extraterrestrial on different worlds, different galaxies. I mean, the sky's the limit. This is going to be huge. This is going to be enormous. This is going to be a tentpole television series for HBO Max. I cannot wait for this. It's been such a long time coming. I, I've i been waiting for this for so long. The world has been waiting for this for so long since Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> oh, God. Played this dang character. We have been waiting for Green Lantern something, anything. All we even get is like, in the, Zach, in the Snyder Cut, it's like a ring <laughs> that's in there. I don't know what we have been doing with this character. I don't know where the Lanterns have been. I don't even know how we got here without them. But finally, James Gunn is here to answer our prayers and to give us some lantern core business, man. I I can't wait to see who they cast. Oh I can't goodness. wait to see how the story is. I am all in on this who lantern. The showrunner is who and the, the showrunner is. All of it, bro. You tell him this is going to be on HBO? <laughs> you tell me this is an HBO show? True man. Detective-ish? Um, I bet. <laughs> You ain't got to tell me too much more than that, bro. And and you know to add on to it, hearing hearing Viola Davis be Waller, I was excited about, but I was still looking for a little bit more black representation in the slate. Mm-hmm. And he finally told us um, that that John Stewart was going to be here, and I was like, thank you, um, because at the end of it, I was still looking for one more like, give me something milestone. We didn't get anything milestone in this, which is fine. I was like, give me something milestone. But giving me John Stewart, I think, makes up for it for me, I think, a little bit. Because, again, this is – this is you could talk about Hal Jordan all you want. You could talk about Guy Gardner all you want. You could talk about any of the Lanterns. John Stewart is the one that most of us, if not all of us, that's listening to this, talking about this, grew up with watching Injustice League. And now we're finally getting something concrete with him in it, man. It, you can't – I can't – I'm just elated. I'm elated, and I'm very excited to watch it. Um, especially a true detective type mystery. Wow. With two lanterns. I'm very, I'm very ready for this, man. So I can't wait to see it. And last, but certainly not least rounding out the television series that we're going to be getting 
Booster Gold is happening. I told you motherfuckers that this show was going to happen. Y'all thought I was playing. You thought I was joking. I said that James Gunn was going to do this. They're doing a Booster Gold live action HBO Max series. Peter Safran says, quote, a loser from the future who uses his basic future technology to come back to today and to pretend to be a superhero, end quote. It's going to be a show about imposter syndrome. It's going to be a show about a guy who shouldn't have this type of this type of power wielding it for maybe the wrong reasons. But somehow he's going to figure out a way to deal with that and using that future technology to come back and be adored and loved by the people of the present. I am so in for this. I can't wait. I don't know that much about Booster Gold, but what I do know is that in the Justice League Unlimited animated series, he <laughs> had some of my favorite episodes. If yeah. you've not seen Justice League Unlimited, go watch that shit right now. And I think that actually that series is probably a great example of some of the things that they could do here. Because if you've mm-hmm. seen Unlimited, you know that that was the season where they were like, we're just going to focus on everybody that's obscure. Like, we're going to take the focus off of Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman. Of course, they're going to still be a part of the stories. They're, they're going to be foundational. But we're going to do a, an episode about Booster Gold. We're going to do an episode about the question. Just random yeah. stuff mm-hmm. out of nowhere. And I think that that's something that they're kind of leaning into here. Booster Gold, I'm totally in for it. How do you feel about this? The fact that it's going to be a time travel story. The yes. fact that this is another character that many people won't know about. But there's an opportunity here to make him... A complete fan favorite if they execute it well. Oh, man. This dude is a cult comic fan favorite already, man. People love, 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 love Booster Gold. In fact, out of everything, to be honest, on the the, the TV show list we got today, I am sure that uh, the people I know, the people who read comics, the people who are just... This is definitely probably top three favorites on this list just because people have been looking for Booster Gold content for so long. Um, this is another one that you remember me saying as much as I've been waiting on the lanterns, a lot of people have been waiting on Booster Gold in that very same fashion. And so Booster Gold is a crazy concept of a character. I actually think he's really funny. I think that's what I, I love. This is under the guise of James Gunn. It's like this is perfect <laughs> for somebody for him to oversee is somebody like Booster Gold, man. But man, he is just a ridiculous character just the concept of a dude going back in time to use weapons that he from the future to look cool is like this dude is a low-key a douche but it's great like it's it's it, it really works out um as a as a cool type of show and so i think I'm, I'm i'm pretty excited for it man this is another one i can't wait to see who they cast some of the other stuff i'm like i right, cast who you want but this is another one i'm like mm, i'm sure there's fan cast all over the place i hope this could be i seen one last week it was like chris pratt i don't know where that came from but it was it is it, a lot going on man so i i'm pretty excited for this one as well so again as we mentioned this is only part of chapter one of gods and monsters of the projects that they're going to roll out. So there will be some other surprises, some other announcements that eventually come. We don't know when, but we have a lot to digest already. They did not announce a huge crossover event type of film yet. I'm sure that all of this was planned with the intention on reaching that point. Very similar to what we've seen done over at Marvel Studios. They have a bunch of projects that come out that ultimately culminate likely in an Avengers film, which we'll again see really soon here with the Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. Do you have any thoughts as to what that could be right now, just based off of the projects that have rolled out here, based on the terminology, gods and monsters, some of the more obscure characters that are being introduced versus some of the more legendary foundational pillars of the DC universe that we're typically used to? I have a very specific thought I think that they're doing. 
because to mm. me it feels like kingdom come i think that that's like that's mm. what they're doing i think that that's what they're going to eventually get to and the wild thing that i was going to say a little bit earlier about henry cavill is that they can bring back those legacy characters to do kingdom come because kingdom it's all come. about multiple generations mm-hmm. you could potentially bring back gal gadot you could bring back ben affleck if you choose to and you can even do henry cavill and they could clash with this new generation of heroes possibly i don't know if that's what they're going to do but hey james gunn did tweet out that picture when he was first hired directly pulled from kingdom come and it just feels like that to me when you look at projects like creature Mm -hmm. commandos and the authority when you're talking about the gray areas and people working outside the system and traditional good versus bad not really being a thing that feels a lot like Kingdom Come to me, so I feel like that that would be the one that they would build to eventually once we get down the road. Wow, you know, to be honest, that's that's really good. I don't really know what they could be aiming towards yet. Um, man, what what I will say, Gods and Monsters is an amazing animated film because <laughs> um, it, it's so ridiculous. Like Batman's a vampire, Wonder Woman is always wears white and has like powers. I don't know. I think that that that's a in, in, insane movie, but to be to be also calling it Gods and Monsters, I think there's a wrench in these set of movies that we just aren't putting. You know, we just don't really know yet. Um, mm. be, and and I, I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure if we do get to uh, uh, one of these movies, and there is a huge event that happens that changes people, or I don't know. There's definitely something he's not telling us though in this initial slate. Um, you kind of you kind of hinted to something like that earlier, like probably hiding something and i don't know what that is of course like you said they are hiding the big crossover movie or the big event that's to come but if 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 you name it gods and monsters and there's very clearly a justice league gods and monsters movie out there i don't know what you're doing but hey dude i I know something is coming if it's something as ridiculous as batman being a vampire i don't think that's gonna happen but uh i I, to me that just it's just like look everybody this this movie is weird and we might do something weird it may not be as weird as this movie, but we might do something weird to, to to show you that. I just don't think it's a coincidence. I don't know what the parallel is yet, but that I think it's somewhere down the line. That he, they want us to look at Justice League Guys and Monsters as some kind of reference. Perhaps even Justice League Dark as something to accompany that as well, just because mm-hmm. of like these weird characters that they are introducing, like some of these more darker, mature elements that will be infused here. But think i did read from one of the trades that somebody asked them about that you know mm-hmm. what's what's going to be the big movie and and james gunn specifically said well if we told you it would be a massive spoiler in terms of what we're going to do here so i think whatever it is they're going to pull the name that we know it's going to be something that is very very identifiable as like oh they're going in that direction. oh that's so the one yeah that's mm-hmm. the one right so yeah we'll have to wait and see a couple of quick things before we wrap up the dc talk elseworlds it's official dc elseworlds is now a new sub-label under DC. I think people have been asking for this for such a long time because they've already kind of been doing it with the Joker film from Todd Phillips, the Batman film that came out last year for Matt Reeves. We know that the sequels to those films will be continuing. They are in development. Joker Folly Adieu is filming literally right now. The Batman Part 2 is in active development. They both have release dates. Joker Folly Adieu is coming out October 4th, 2024, which we already knew. And the Batman Part 2, which is officially titled Part 2, is going to be coming out October 3rd, 2025, directly a year after that. And they're going to live under this DC Elseworlds banner, allowing for the opportunity to tell stories that exist out of this main continuity, to do Mm -hmm. things that have no consequence on whatever the mainline story is going to be. They also mentioned that the untitled Superman movie that is being written by Ta-Nehisi Coates and produced by J.J. Abrams 
is still a thing. That's still yeah. on the table, which will also exist under this Elseworlds banner. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about the flexibility that'll be there for perhaps future stories and filmmakers to come in and just do whatever they really want without having to work within the sandbox of the, the current DCU that's going to be moving forward? I still really, really love this idea, man, that you can come in, have a vision for a film or for one of the characters that DC you know, owns or has and make something out of it and make a movie out of it. Um, I think that's pretty dope. Again, just say it's something else to make people know that. You know, what if... You see, uh, if Joker and Batman are coming out a year apart, what if there's a new thing where every October you can now expect something new out of Elseworlds? You know, it's not necessarily in 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 the uh, DCU. You know, it's not necessarily part of anything else. You just say every October, I know is an Elseworlds movie coming out. I think that's a cool thing if they were to establish something like that, right? It's almost it's not the same as a Marvel special presentation, but it is kind of like the same idea of like this is a special thing that's kind of on its own kind of feeling kind of type thing. And I think that would be cool if they did something like that. Um, but I I love that Tennessee Coates still gets to you know have the opportunity to make this superhero film. The demographic in that movie is going to look way different than the demographic in James Gunn's movie, and I think that's dope, man. A bunch of black people sitting in a Superman film is like a dream I, I would legit feel like i'm somewhere else um and, and and i'm excited for that to happen i just hope you know they can add a couple more projects to that too like make it a whole thing you know what i'm saying not necessarily a separate studio but make it make us feel it you know what i mean again the same way that we we kind of been talking about these special presentations for marvel so i'm very excited to see what else can come out of dc elseworlds i feel like now that they established that i feel like people are going to approach them like, oh, oh, this doesn't absolutely. have to be part of the DCU, but it could be an Elseworld film. I have an idea for that. Oh, really? Well, tell us what you got. And then people can make content like that. I, I think there's a huge opportunity there, and I'm just waiting for people to take it, man. So I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm with it. I think I'm with it. Imagine the amount of actors who don't want to commit to a 10-picture contract Thanks. who just want to do something one time out they just want to see what it's like or a filmmaker who doesn't want to establish a franchise but they have a very specific vision and unique take this mm -hmm. all sounds very familiar because it's already been done that yep. was todd phillips pitch that was mm -hmm. matt reeves pitch they came into this and said like hey we just have a vision we want to stick and focus on that we don't really want to be concerned and to a certain extent, be hamstrung by the parameters that exist when you have to connect and integrate and cross over characters and work within a bigger, larger, interconnected universe. This really opens up the pool to do whatever you want. Now, Gunn and Saffron both mentioned that if somebody does come to them with a pitch for an Elseworlds project, it has to be damn good. Because if they're going to spend money on something that's going to be outside of mm -hmm. what they're currently building, then yeah, it needs to be of a high quality. They're not just going to make anything for the sake of making it, which I think is the correct thinking. Right. And they're currently on track to continue to do that because I love Joker. I love the Batman. Those were both exceptional movies in my mind right. where you had these filmmakers who knew exactly what they wanted to achieve. And now we're getting really successful sequels that are pretty much guaranteed to print money for them. Both of those movies, the Batman part two and Joker Folly Ado, are going to be successful. They easy. already proven themselves. They're, mm -hmm. they're easy wins. And so I think if you have other filmmakers who want to come in and play in that sandbox and do it one time, maybe twice at most, that just opens up the pool to do some really, really incredible stuff. Now, before we get out of here on the DC stuff, we should probably address the current state of things. We still have four movies coming out this year. We can't yes. forget that. The next couple of, couple of years are going to be really interesting because none of this stuff from James Gunn and Peter Safran is going to really get started until 2025. Mm -hmm. The launching pad is Superman Legacy, launching in July 11th of 2025. It's going to take, take a couple of years to get that movie off the ground, and then they'll, then they'll be off to the races. But currently, Shazam! Fury of the Gods is right around the corner. We just got a brand new trailer for that. 
It'll be followed up with The Flash coming out in June. That'll be followed up with Blue Beetle in August. And then last, rounding out this year, is going to be Aquaman and The Lost Kingdom coming out from James Wan in December. Then 2024 is going to just kind of be a dark year, which I think you and I both assumed would be the case. Like, outside mm-hmm. of Joker, Folly Ado, we're not really going to get anything from DC. It's just going to be that weird transition state that we're just going to have to get through. Yeah. How do you feel about where things are right now? Because, again, we mentioned that some of these actors actors are going to be welcomed back. We don't have any other clarity about Jason Momoa. I don't even know if they know. We speculated mm-hmm. about Lobo and if he could do that. Gunn and Saffron have said he's not playing two characters. They've already made that clear in the press release. He's not going to be playing two characters. That's not going to happen. They're going to resume conversations after Aquaman 2 comes out in terms mm-hmm. of what might continue with that character. James Gunn also said that The Flash is probably one of the greatest superhero movies he's ever seen. That's which ridiculous. Is saying a whole lot, especially considering he's had nothing to do with that movie, essentially. He didn't make it. He didn't green light it. He wasn't a part of the development or the filming. He mentioned that he gave a, you know, a few notes of feedback recently, but mm-hmm. he doesn't have any reason to say that if he doesn't believe it. And yeah. that's like coming up. And he also said it's going to reset things, which how does that work? But, you know, they seem all really high on these current projects that are going to be coming out this year. Where does this stuff fit in? How does this work? What is it going to create in terms of a perception standpoint for fans who go and watch these movies that yeah. we don't really know if they have a future, but they might, but we just don't we just don't know at this point how they're going to fit into the new DCU. Yeah, I think it, it, it's definitely a weird spot to be in, um, but part of me wishes they... It's impossible to do after you establish so many connected universes and so many things, but part of me... I just I wish for us as a unit to just accept the movie as it is <laughs> its own adventure its own thing let's appreciate Shazam Fury of the Gods just for that Shazam Fury of the Gods let's not go into it thinking about whose cameo might be in it who where who's coming out of where it let's won't be just, the rock it definitely won't be the rock and it <laughs> damn sure ain't Henry Cavill <laughs> we know those for fact it's not one of those two guys <laughs> we know it's not those two guys but uh, uh I, I again I still have a feeling that these are going to be decent films and I think I can appreciate that even though these movies we know are are this DCU is going to be reset I still have I'm still going to like you know certain DC movies you know I'm st- you know what I mean I'm still going to like these things no matter you know how you remove it from a universe so I think that's that's the main thing I know it's going to be hard for people to kind of wrap their head around but in in some ways him saying the Flash resets everything, very much clear Flash paradox, right? Him him saying that makes me feel like there's 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 like slight merit to it, if that makes sense. They're not just re, just reset. They're like, up, oh, but now Flash resets everything, as it does in comics as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a thing that actually also happens in the universe. So maybe, maybe it feels better after that film too. Maybe it's not just a we deleted all this, you know, kind of type thing. Maybe it's not we're going into Shazam and it's not connected to anything. But in my mind, I'm like, the way he said that, if we can get to this movie, if we can get to this Flash movie and see what it is for what it is, maybe it'll all make sense after that. And so that's kind of how I'm looking at it right now. I'm going into Shazam just to enjoy Shazam. I think the first one was good. I think I'll like the second one. I like the cast a lot. Now they got a bigger budget. That's how I'm looking at it. It's own isolated thing. And so I'm hoping the rest of the projects this year, that's kind of how we feel about it. Aquaman is Aquaman. Just like it for what it is right now. Let's figure out kind of the other stuff later um, and see if they can put the pieces together. So that's I'm hoping somehow they have they find a way to convey that. 
it's amazing how quickly people are forgotten that, you know, hey, 90 years of movie history, there were never any shared cinematic universes. We just mm-hmm. watched a movie and enjoyed it on its own. That was it. There was nothing about sequels and <laughs> what's this going to connect to and who's going to pop up in cameo and what overarching story are we going to tell? So anytime I see that rhetoric online where people are like, oh, now I have no reason to watch Shazam. I have no mm-hmm. reason to watch Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom. What? How does that make any sense? Like, what if they're great movies and you just miss out? Like, Mm -hmm. let's just enjoy it for those standalone projects for what they might be, because they could very well be some of the greatest superhero movies ever made. In the case of James Gunn, he's saying The Flash very well might be that. It might not ever get a sequel. So what? We could still say The Flash happened. And this is a DC multiverse that we're working within anyway. They mentioned DC multiverse in their verbiage and in their language. So you can never say never, I think, in relation to any of these things. We've seen some wild shit happen. Who knew Michael Keaton would pop back up as Batman? He's going to be in The Flash. He's going to be a very major character. I don't think any of us would have assumed that five years ago. But it's happening, right? Mm -hmm. So just because things might not necessarily move forward in this particular moment in time doesn't mean that that can't be the case which again is why i think they're going to do kingdom come and bring back henry cavill but that's just being me hopeful last thing i'm going to ask you before we move on to marvel stuff what are you most excited about what's the one project you mm. if you could watch it tomorrow and be and have access to it james gunn is going to show up and say des i want you to watch <laughs> this thing first and tell me what you think what's that project going to be from you Mm, what a hard one man i because of the implications and what it can bring to the future i'm gonna say the brave and the bold i i, I really am i know we've we've seen all this batman content <laughs> i know people are <laughs> like batman. Uh, batman batman <laughs> but at the end of the day it is batman but more than that it is also robin and that is a legit one of the characters i have not seen and as you said over 20 years and i would really like to see him so yeah i'm gonna go with brave and the bold Great pick, man. Uh, I, I, I too would pick that. But for the sake of variety, I'll just throw out Superman Legacy as yeah. like, I just want to see what this looks like. I just, we need, we need a proper, I like Man of Steel, but I think we need a Superman movie that everybody loves. Mm-hmm. I think we need to have a consensus across the board, across fandom, across pop culture. That's a good ass movie, yo. Obviously, yeah. there's going to be people that don't care for it. There's mm-hmm. going to be the Henry Cavill people that are like, fuck that. I don't want to see that. <laughs> Let them live in, in that world if they choose to. But I want I want us to, as a consensus, as a people, go into Superman Legacy as the first film out of the gate, walk out and say, yo, this new DCU, I'm mm-hmm. here for this. Just like what we said for Iron Man when that came out, we were like, yo, Avengers is coming? Hey, and yo, they just killed yo. it with that movie? That's a great mm-hmm. movie? That's just going to mean so much. And I just can't wait for them to hopefully nail it. I have all the hopes in the world, but we will have to certainly wait and see. I'm sure we're going to talk about all this DC news in the coming weeks and months as we continue to find out more. But folks, those are all of our thoughts about the brand new DC universe from James Gunn and Peter Safran over at DC Studios. Hit us up. Let us know what you think about all the announcements, all the TV series and movies that we will be seeing in the very, very near future. And with that being said... We're going to transition to talk about the initial reason why we were here to talk about Marvel and everything that's going to be coming out in 2023. There's a lot of projects coming from Marvel, both from Marvel Studios proper within the MCU, but also some other things coming from the Sony side of things and some video games that we want to highlight as well. It's going to be a big, big, massive year for Marvel, as it typically always is. Before we get into the specific specific projects and, you know, sort of run down our thoughts and how we're feeling about things at this current state and time, I just want to ask you, how do you feel about the state of Marvel at this particular moment in time? We talked a lot about Phase 4 before the end of last season mm-hmm. and recapped everything that we saw. The MCU is in a really interesting place where 
it's more divisive than ever. I think we've yeah. had more conversation about the quality of projects than we have in the past. And so now we're entering phase five very soon here with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. We're building towards the crossover events really soon here. And then you have on the other side of town, Sony still creating these random projects seemingly <laughs> of Spider-Man spinoff characters and villains, but they are moving full steam ahead with a lot of stuff. How do you just feel about the state of Marvel and where things are heading over the course of this upcoming year? You know, I feel like, of course, you get that first phase of Marvel, and that is, of course, a, a very experimental phase that they're doing there. And as we moved into phase four, we were all like, okay, but now what? The, the Infinity Saga is over. Thanos is no more. What are we doing? Um, and in a lot of ways, Marvel had all these ideas of things to do, but with characters, they no longer... Uh, that people no longer really knew about. How do we introduce these new characters that it's different going into phase one? Phase one, you can say, hey, everybody, this is Captain America. Everybody knows who this is. You can't do that in phase four. And so I think they were. it was very tricky for them. It was a reset button for them to try to figure out new ways, given Disney Plus, of how to introduce new stories and new characters to, to their fans. And that is kind of the way we also ended the phase, right? And I think it was experimental phase for them. And now going into phase five, I feel like Marvel is in a place where they have all that information. They have soaked up Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. They have soaked up uh, uh, WandaVision. They have soaked up Loki and Miss Marvel. They have now soaked up all these projects to now say, okay, let's, let's, let's tune, fine tune the nitty gritty. We still got some people to introduce. We still have some characters to introduce. We still have some, uh, some stories to tell. But now people know who our big bad is for this next set. People, uh, maybe we figured out this Disney Plus thing. There are TV shows coming that we think people, shoot, they, they knew that Loki season one did pretty decent. Look, we know Loki season two is coming. I think they figured some of that stuff out. So I think their state of being right now was okay. Now we had our hypothesis. We did our experiment. We got our results. Let's try to turn it over and try to fix everything that people didn't like clean up some stuff that we didn't even like visual yeah there was visual effects stuff happening uh, there's a lot going on in marvel in in, in in phase four i just think this is the phase they're in a spot now where they're like okay let's show the people again what we have that is what i'm hoping that this next phase is that is what i'm hoping we're moving into it was a new age of don't worry marvel is still here and i'm, I'm hoping that's what this is it's going to be really pivotal that people once again buy into Marvel as a brand, Marvel Studios specifically and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That love had sort of dissipated with a lot of fans over the course of Phase 4. We had never received so many projects before. Disney Plus was a brand new experiment. The specials, animation, the expansion happened so quickly, and I think in hindsight, playing Monday Morning Quarterback, maybe it would have been more advantageous to take one new medium and slowly roll it out over the course of multiple phases. Maybe... Phase four, we focus on the Disney Plus series. Then maybe phase five, let's introduce animation. Then maybe phase six, we can introduce specials. But I know in this day and age, we don't really live in that luxury of time. These studios, these massive corporations and these CEOs, they want to see results and they want to see them now and they want to see it instantly. What are we going to produce? How much of it can we produce? Give everything you got and roll it out as quickly as possible for as little money as possible. And I think we saw the results of that twofold from a lot of these projects across phase four which is unfortunate but that does not deter my hope 
and my thoughts about what they can still produce over the course of Phase 5 through this year and, of course, through the next few years with the rest of Phase 5 and, of course, Phase 6. So we'll have to see what that looks like. Outside of Marvel Cinematic Universe, Sony, as we have alluded to with just news announcements, you don't really know. You just don't know what what the plan and what the point is. I think outside of the animated Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse franchise, we just Mm kind of sit there, look at it, and say... Okay, I guess we're going to do a villain spinoff movie. That is like the new end thing to take a popular or somewhat popular villain and give them a spinoff. With good reason, at least from their perspective. They did make Venom and those made a lot of money. The first yeah. one makes over $800 million worldwide. Exceeds all, all expectations. The second one comes out, makes over $500 million worldwide. Still in the throes of the pandemic. So I get the thinking. You just want to hope that the quality is going to be there to produce some really good movies because Morbius sucked ass. It was a terrible <laughs> movie. So we can't really go into that territory again. I want us to make sure that we're still focusing on quality and not just putting out shit for the sake of having having mm-hmm. it. So more dubious about the Sony projects and the Sony side of things outside of the animated stuff, but time will tell what that all looks like. But let's get into it. Let's run down these projects and get to them. First up, of course, in a couple of weeks here, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania will finally be releasing from Marvel Studios. Coming out February 17th, Peyton Reed is back in the director's chair. We're going to get the introduction of Kang, who is the big bad for this upcoming phase. We know he will be the villain in at least Avengers the Kang Dynasty. We'll have mm-hmm. to see if that continues into Secret Wars. But they have hyped him up so, so much as being the next one up after Thanos and what we saw in the Infinity Saga. Jonathan Majors is coming here in a big, big way after being first introduced in Loki a couple of years ago. Ant-Man has typically been one of the smaller scale efforts Mm -hmm. in terms of movies that they've done. I think I've associated, and many people probably have associated it, with being a palate cleanser for the MCU. Mm. Ant-Man 1 came out after Avengers Age of of Ultron, which is like the more serious film. Ant-Man and the Wasp came out after Avengers Infinity War, you know, which is a really down movie that left all of us shook and just like wondering what the hell is going on here. I don't know if that's really the case now. Ant-Man and the Wasp mm-hmm. Quantumania is being treated as a huge Avengers-level style movie. Peyton Reed has expressed that that's what he wanted. What do you want out of this movie, man? Are you excited for it? What do you want to see? What do you hope, ultimately, this film tells us about the future direction of Phase 5 and beyond in the MCU? Man, it tells us that we're about to get Kane the Conqueror. The The biggest thing about all this is that we're getting Kane the Conqueror, right, man? One of the biggest Marvel villains of all time. I am pretty elated um, for for what's about to happen in this theater. I think Thanos is one thing. I think you know when when Josh Brolin shows up, and then you're just like, oh shit, this dude is crazy. But now I think we get to experience this super. Thanos is very black and white in terms of I'm about to snap half the universe. <laughs> Kang is he's so different, man. There's so many of him. <laughs> there and is is being played by Jonathan Majors, who is a very he's a he's a colorful actor. Like he can do anything in 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 a lot of different respects, right? Jonathan Majors has never had a box when it really came to any of the roles that he's ever been in. And I think they did that on purpose. And I think this is telling us that as different as this phase is, Kang is representing that. Kang is like, look, y'all, I'm weird. <laughs> I'm not Thanos. Um, but I'm still gonna I'm still here to take over with ass and do whatever um that I'm here to do. And and, and I think uh, uh it's a great 
set the tone kind of movie, hopefully, um, that that this is going to be, man. I'm excited for it. But like as you said, if Ant-Man is the palate cleanser, and now you're telling everyone, mm, maybe not so much anymore, you know what I mean? Like uh, One of the things I really love about the, the Ant-Man trailer is Kang is just punching this nigga, bro. Like, Kang is just punching. <laughs> and, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes, give me some old-fashioned, I'm here, I'm just going to punch you and kind of whip your ass type thing. That's one of the my favorite things from Thanos is just giving Hulk the hands, to be honest. It's like, that's one of the favorite things. And so I love that you can still give us some of that old school with the weird. And I think that's part of what Ant-Man and the Wasp is. It's one of the few characters that's carrying over. That's the that's the familiar, but the quantum mania, that's the weird. The Kang, that's the weird. And so I love this mix that they're giving us here because I think it's going to fit the bigger picture, not only, again, within quantum mania in this movie, but with who Kang is going to bring us as a villain as these phases progress. You know, Ant-Man has been one of the few franchises in live action superhero storytelling over the past, you know, 20 some odd years that really focus on family. We don't get to see that that often, and I think mm-hmm. that that's been one of the hallmarks of these Ant-Man movies. Is, that, is At their core, they really are about family. It's about Scott Lang trying to connect with his daughter, and he has hope, you know, and these parents are a part of it. So I love that that's going to continue seemingly in this film, but more than anything, I want to know what the fuck is going on with the Avengers. What are we doing? <laughs> Where are they? Is the Avengers a thing? Is it a team? Is somebody trying to get them back together? Is Captain America Sam Wilson out there slowly but surely putting together a contingency plan? Is there Mm -hmm. some sort of backup? Like, what are we doing with the Avengers? We (laughs) need the Avengers. It's time. Phase four, we basically heard nothing about the Avengers. There were Mm -hmm. a few name drops, but that's incredibly important when you talk about the connective tissue between these projects and also getting people excited and instilling the faith that they have to continue on with this experiment to see like, okay, we know at some point they're going to come because like right now, what are the Avengers? Mm -hmm. They're nothing in this universe right now, as it, as it is constructed after Avengers Endgame, that was it. That was the end of the Avengers. And I think we've been long doubting like what the presence of that was going to look like. And I think that this is the time and this is the movie to say, there's something here about the Avengers. It doesn't ha- obviously have to be the whole team showing up. I'm not expecting that. But I need something that's in this movie to say, like, that's on the way. That yeah. is going to be coming very, very soon here. Just stick with us a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Follow this story along, and you will see it paid off in spades when that movie does eventually come. So that's what I need out of this. Let's move on to Secret Invasion, which is going to be a series on Disney+. Plus. We've gotten one trailer for the series. Samuel L. Jackson is going to be coming back as Nick Fury. This is obviously going to be adapting the very popular Secret Invasion comic line, but I think it's going to be a lot different than what we expect, which Marvel Studios is notorious for adapting things to a very, very high degree. A lot of things that they pull over from the comics, there are certainly some resembling factors, but it seems that this is going to be scaled down and more and more intimate, I think, compared to the comic line, because that that run had a ton of characters and had massive, massive implications This will likely, but I think it's just going to be a lot different than what we're probably expecting. There is a brief premise that's out there which says, quote, a faction of shape-shifting aliens, the scrolls, have infiltrated all aspects of life on Earth, end quote. That doesn't tell us shit. We knew that. So don't really know what to expect out of the series, but it does seem to lean more into the spy espionage flavor that we first were really introduced to within the MCU and Captain America Winter Soldier. I think that they're bringing that back for this particular series. Super excited for it. I know it was also in your top five most anticipated series for this year. Mm -hmm. What do you want out of this project? What are you hoping to see? 
man uh pretty much that espionage man we've 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 gotten uh again a little bit of 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 hints of what uh marvel espionage tv show could bring but knowing that samuel jackson is at the forefront knowing that the the people that are part of this uh, uh, this TV show are like just tremendous actresses and actors, Olivia Coleman and uh, uh, Kingsley Ben-Adair, Amelia. Cl- like these are people that I look at and I'm like, y'all in a Marvel movie? Like you see it on paper and you just don't see Marvel movie. You know what I'm saying? But then you tell me it's a Marvel movie and I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm interested. Like what are we really doing here? Kind of type thing. And so I, I, I think in Se- Secret Invasion just has the potential to subvert expectations of what we gotten so far out of the MCU. I'm looking for um, um, to be honest, I am looking for some whatever spy espionage means, but the Marvel version. I am looking for 007 and Mission Impossible, and I'm looking for all these things within the Marvel context. And I think that they can make me feel that, and that they can they can give me that in a TV show sense, man. You telling me week one is like I only thing I'm looking for that I'm scared about about this TV show, you got to give me an hour. Like, you tell me it's a secret invasion, it's by espionage, Samuel Jackson, all these crazy actors, they got to give me an hour. Like, give people time on screen. Let a them real act. hour. Not <laughs> real 38 hour. minutes plus seven minutes of credits, right? The longest credits ever. They're usually beautiful credits, don't get me wrong, but they be the <laughs> longest credits ever. Um, but yeah, man, that's what I'm looking for. I think I think it can give us a different look of what the It can show us how mature the MCU can be. I think this is the show that can show us what that maturity looks like. Sure, Infinity Saga kind of showed us that. Sure, um, shoot, as far as we know, Quantumania can show us that. But this is, again, this feels more, a little bit, of course, there's like people shape-shifting, don't get me wrong, but I still feels like this is the explosions and the cars, chases, and the, this feels like that stuff to me. Like people shape-shifting in a spy sense, you don't know who to trust. And I think, and I really love that. I'll never forget Winter Soldier. We was like, what the hell's going on in this movie? It, but that that's that, that's what made it so good and so exciting. So um, I think they have the potential to just do something different with Secret Invasion. I'm hoping that I'm right. That's the key word there, trust. And I think that that's going to be a big, big, big element in the series. Though it's not going to match the scope of the Secret Invasion comic book storyline, I think in focusing more so on Samuel L. Jackson and even Ben Mendelsohn, I, I feel, mm-hmm. is going to get a lot of prominence and positioning here. We're really going to tell a high stakes emotional human drama, and I, I'm yes. really, really excited about that. And I'm going to reference it again, as I did earlier. That first trailer gave me the vibes of my third favorite TV show from last year, Andor. I got the mm-hmm. same vibes of like, oh, this feels a little bit different. And so I think that we have the potential to be on the precipice of possibly the best Disney Plus Marvel show that they've I hope created. So. I, mm-hmm. I, I really hope so. And I know some of the scripts have been floating around. I've come across a couple of pundits and YouTubers who've read some stuff. I haven't tapped in as much myself to like explore to see what the spoilers are. But by all accounts, it sounds like it's going to be a great show. It's going to be worth our time and worth watching. And like you said, we need that full hour because it will only be six episodes. And so like, let's lean all the way in. Like, let's really take that time and pace this out in in a way that's going to pay off over the course of those six hours that we get. So can't wait for Secret Invasion. Hopefully it does come early this spring. We don't have an official release date. They said early spring, but we don't we don't quite know. But I imagine that we're probably going to see another trailer here really soon. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hoping for maybe a March or April release date. We'll have to see. Next on our list is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, again, from Marvel Studios. We've already gotten the first trailer for this movie. Ironically enough, we're going to mention James Gunn here again. But on the Marvel side of things, he's coming back to finish out his Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy 
all the usual suspects will be back in this movie. Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, Karen Gillian, Pom Clementiev, all of the family is back. This is going to be the final chapter of this iteration of the Guardians. They won't look like this anymore. And even Batista himself just a few weeks ago confirmed this is the last time he's playing Drax. He said, I can't work out no more <laughs> like this. I can't get swole. I'm 50 plus. It's too much. This makeup shit, I'm over it. I want to I wanna go back and do what I did in Blade Runner. Real easy. Come <laughs> in for a couple of days and that's it. So I'm sad to see this iteration of the franchise go. I'm sad to see James Gunn go, but I have no doubt that this is going to be an emotionally satisfying payoff to some of my favorite characters and some of my favorite projects in the MCU ever. Yeah. It's been an ex exceptional ride really across the board and even their integration into other projects, Avengers movies and things of that nature. I think that they fit so well with just what's been established with the tone there. So I can't wait for it. I know there's going to be a lot of stuff to come out of it. Many new characters, the high evolutionary mm -hmm. um, being in this movie. Uh, what's his name? Adam Warlock is, Adam Warlock. is coming in a, in a big yeah. way. There, there's 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 going to be a lot here. So definitely looking forward to it. But but how, how do you feel about this being the, the final chapter, at least for this this version of the Guardians? And what are you hoping to see out of it? Yeah, man. Well, Poulter got huge, too. It's crazy. Um <laughs> Man, what a time to to I I will just continuously reminisce until this movie comes out about the first time I seen that Guardians movie, man. I worked at the movie theater. I got to see it a couple of days early. It was in 3D. I wasn't the big I'm still I, I still wasn't the biggest fan of 3D at the time, but I was ready to watch it still in 3D. It was beautiful. I was like, "What is this? Who made this? Are we sure this is Marvel?" Like, I was asking so many questions. I'll never forget that magic that James Gunn made with that first movie, man. It was really something else and for you to for you for, for us to sit here and say that it's almost over i think it's really sad but i'm looking so much forward to at least i'm le we're at least privileged i think in that way to be getting a third a three and out you know what i mean we're still getting a trilogy of these movies from james gunn with this amazing cast with this family of characters and all tremendous actors and actresses across the board man i think it's really dope to, to even have these people in the same movie. This is another one of those ones where like, you take Marvel out of it and you read it on paper and you're like, what is this? <laughs> what movie is this? And then you're, it just makes you even more interested um, when you figure out what it actually is, man. But what a ride it's been. I cannot wait to watch this film, man. Like you said, there's gonna be so many uh, uh, more characters being introduced between the High Evolutionary and, and, and uh, Adam Warlock. And I'm sure we'll see some more Cosmo in this movie. And I, I, I just really love Guardians, man. Again, uh, we, even with both of us played the game that came out last year, I think it was. It's just really, it's, it's just really been a ride with these characters, man. Um, and we do know most of these characters will be exiting. There, uh, we know there there'll be a couple that will be staying, but we also know a lot of them will be exiting. I don't think David Batista will be the only one we see for the last time, and that makes me sad. Not only that, somebody's dying in this movie. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people think it's Rocket. I think it's a red herring. <laughs> I don't. I think it may not be Rocket, but whatever it may be, it's going to be a sad, emotional ride. And more more than that, I have a feeling it's going to be a good movie and a good send off to the Guardians that we know and love. Especially coming off of the backs of the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which I know we both loved and set forth so many important developments with that team. The fact that they now own Nowhere, they're sort of mm -hmm. the, 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 the overlords of that place. I don't want to say overlords, that sounds kind of menacing, but they're taking care of that place and using it as a essentially a planet for alien refugees and so they're trying to you know create homes for people who don't really have a place and so you always get that sense of heart out of the guardians and so whatever threat is leveled against them and, and they have to overcome it's going to be an interesting ride but it's going to be it's going to be pretty sad and pretty 
pretty emotional across the board just because of uh, what they've meant to I think I think a lot of people and just what they represent. They're they're mm-hmm. unusual characters in a really unusual universe, but this team of misfits has has done so much over the past ten years, and so I have no doubt James Gunn is going to deliver a, another really emotionally satisfying payoff with the Guardians of the Galaxy film, this Volume Three film that's coming out this May. Can't wait for it. The next one on our list. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which is on the Sony side of things, Sony Animation, of course, is coming back to deliver this sequel. I know we are both so, so excited about this one. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse from 2018, one of the greatest superhero films ever made, one of the greatest animated films ever made. It's already sort of revolutionized the way that we just perceive animation and we perceive superhero storytelling and how we perceive Spider-Man as a character. Exactly. It just accomplished so much and won mm-hmm. an Academy Award, and so, of course... They were going to come back and do another one. We've talked a lot about this. They are essentially splitting this story into two films because Beyond the Spider-Verse will come out at some point in 2024. Right now, it's slated for March. There's a lot of new characters, a lot of new Spider-Men, all sorts of multiverses, all sorts of animation styles. It's going to be just so crazy, and I'm sure we are not even prepared mentally for what's in store for this film, but I'm here for it. I will say now that this is... My most anticipated movie on this list out of anything, mm-hmm. just because it is so proven and so much of a hot commodity in terms of where they're going to go with the story. And so everything that they do with Miles Morales and the crew, I'm sure is just going to be it's going to be worthwhile. So I can't wait to see it when it comes out this June. Yeah, man, I think what's underrated about this project, too, is a very specific name on here. And Kent Powers, man, the black man who is uh, uh, not only directing these films, but who was a writer on Soul and One Night in Miami and he done some star trek discovery stuff and just man what a what and what's crazy is that's not a lot of projects but they're all no very well-known projects well-decorated projects at that between soul one night in miami and now these two upcoming films and across the spider-verse and beyond the spider-verse i think we're we're sleeping on him kind of hopping onto this franchise as a as a uh, as a director but i think um I think it's going to be great, man. Simple, simple. I I think it's going to be great. Um, I I, I talked about it before already, I think, in our anticipated movie uh, list. But we both have this poster, man, of all these goddamn spider people on it. And before Spider-Verse happened, we could probably point it to, like, two people on that poster and be like, I've seen them before in something. And now, seeing across the Spider-Verse and beyond the Spider-Verse, I have no doubt, like, if after we see this film we're gonna we could go home look at our poster and be like we see him 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 be able to cross all them off the list because it's 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 really so many spider people out there and this movie is going to give us a reason to see them and to see it's more than just the story for this one to be honest for me it's like not it's seeing the characters it's seeing the 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 art style that they told us there's going to be a couple different art styles in here it's it's just so much man and it's still being helmed by Miles Morales in the Black Superman or Black Spider Man, so just excited across the board for this film. Like you said, my very utmost excitement goes to this one. I'm more excited for this than anything else on the list, um, and I can't wait till it comes out, man. It's 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 going to be a W for sure. Our next project on the list is another multiverse story, but we're shifting gears back to Marvel Studios, and that's Loki Season 2, which they have been filming for a few months now. It is slated to come out this year, this summer, in fact, as the follow-up to Loki Season 1. I think it's safe to say Loki Season 1 is is easily my favorite of the Disney Plus series just because of its consistency across the board, the implications that it had, introducing He Who Remains, which is a variant of Kang the Conqueror by Jonathan Majors, and Tom Hiddleston's performance, Mm -hmm. Owen Wilson, Gugu and Bought the Raw, Sofia DiMartino, just a a really, really phenomenal cast and just a really enthralling story. I I just, 
I couldn't wait to talk about Loki every week on this podcast. When we were reviewing it, that was the first time we were specifically focusing on a Marvel episode every week in our podcast. And it was just, it was such a moment in time mm-hmm. to just like wait and see like, are they really going to do this? Is it really going to be Kane the Conqueror? And to get that paid off was was really, really exciting. And so what I'm most curious to see is how much this may or may not tie into Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Because mm. the cliffhanger from Loki season one, spoiler alert if you've not seen it, very much points to the fact that Kang the Conqueror has conquered probably multiple universes at this point. And now Loki is in the universe that he's already conquered. There's statues everywhere. The TVA looks a lot different. And so I'm just wondering if there's going to be a lot of narrative threads that are introduced in Quantumania and then paid off in Loki season two, or if it might be a little bit more separate. But regardless of that, because we don't know it, I'm, I'm still very high on this and very much looking forward to what Loki season two is going to look like and what it means. And if it points to even more Loki storytelling, because I don't know if they're going to do more seasons after this. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, we're just going to come for a couple of seasons and that's going to wrap it up or if they or if they intend to continue the story after this upcoming season two. Man, if somebody finds a Miss Minutes dad hat, hit me up. I really want a Miss Minutes dad hat. But I'm, I'm I'm excited to see her in Loki season two as well, man. Like you said, one already one of the best Marvel TV shows they come out they've come out with, man, in amazing cast, amazing story to be telling. This was again season uh, 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 phase four was the definitely the weird phase here for Marvel and Loki was no exception in fact to, to me it was it was kind of the jump start WandaVision was a little bit more on the earth to me versus Loki was like where are we exactly the TVA um of course I, I know a little bit of things about it but everyone didn't um and this is another opportunity to say we're still here we're still weird and you, we got Tom Hiddleston to do it with us man um and to give us like you said some of that connective thread connective tissue between what happens in Quantumania in this film for me is important like you can't tell me this is Kang is over here and Kang is over here and y'all not connecting this the two stories somehow you know what I'm saying I think that's what makes me excited is like these are the two projects that are here that are very clearly connected to me it's like well duh (laughs) you know what I'm saying like I hope they're connected and so I, I I really hope they follow through with that shoot there could even be a cameo cameo Quantumania we don't know about they could be cameos in Loki that we don't know about, you know what I'm saying? Um, there there could be all kind of things, um, but I'm excited very much uh, for Loki season two to see how it goes down. Um, I do have a feeling Jonathan Majors could pop up in Loki season two somewhere. Um, that is, I hope so. Yeah, he, he can't just be a statue, you know what I mean? Like, show us Kang. If Kang has conquered <laughs> this TVA, show us Kang. Uh, I, I really hope he's here. So I'm also pretty excited for Loki season two. No doubt. The next project on our list is another Marvel Studios film coming out this summer, July 28th. The Marvels, which we've known about for a few years now, it'll be directed by Nia DaCosta. She's coming off of Candyman. We have a slight premise for this. It says, quote, following the events of Miss Marvel, Carol Danvers, Kamala Khan, and Monica Rambeau begin swapping places with each other every time they use their powers and must team up to figure out why, end quote. So that tells us a little bit about the movie, but we know that was going to kind of be the case based off of the finale of Miss Marvel, in which we did get a cameo from Brie Larson as Captain Marvel, and she seemingly swapped places with Kamala Khan they put on that bangle that band um which has a lot of powers and can do some really really mystical and magical things and so now they're swapping places but then we're going to throw in Monica Rambeau to the mix and really change up the formula of what's happening here we're going to get multiple Captain Marvels with these mystical and magical powers these really these really 
high concept powers that that that, that would seemingly make them <laughs> stronger than almost every other character in the MCU just because of what they're capable of and what they mm-hmm. have at their disposal. But this is this is a really interesting one. I know the first Captain Marvel movie is not my favorite in the MCU. It's it's pretty it's pretty average to me, but the fact that we're just going in an entirely different direction and this is like a mini team up movie mm-hmm. is really cool. Samuel L. Jackson is also going to be in this film. So you talked about Loki and Quantumania connecting. Well, hell, now Secret Invasion in the Marvels, there has to be something there as well, I would think, right? You know, and we have to see how Samuel Jackson's role in one is going to possibly influence the, 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 the other. But I think that this is also going to be a low-key important one that we might be underestimating. But there's a lot to be excited about. And hopefully, just based off of how the first one and how I feel about that one, we can sort of exceed expectations and take this into a, a different place. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm I'm very excited to see Monica Rambeau more than anything. Um, we didn't get too much uh, uh, from her. We all shoot. In fact, they didn't even. They only hinted at uh, uh, in Miss Marvel that she'd be called Photon. I was like, wait a second, <laughs> did they just say that? And I and I and I missed it. So I'm really looking forward to what she can bring to the table uh, along with these other two actresses. To be honest, they're all very different people, not just in character form, but in real life. You know what I'm saying? I can imagine none of these people can play the same people in any movie. Brie Larson, Iman Vellani, and Tiana Paris are probably worlds apart from the things they'll play in, 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 in other movies outside of the MCU, which makes me excited to see how they will uh, mesh together in these films and how their personalities will mesh together in these films. So pretty excited for the Marvels, man. Um, again, we we still have yet to get that really, really good woman-driven movie, woman-led movie. So I'm very hopeful for the Marvels. Like, I really need like a home run out of this uh, because, yeah, that's what I'm looking for out of the MCU is some of these these smaller characters to get home runs in 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 uh, a lot of ways the same way that the Guardians did you know like we don't know these characters that well let's get us a home run so I'm looking for that in the Marvels as well absolutely the next project on our list again is from Marvel Studios and that's Ironheart which is slated to come out this fall another Disney Plus original series and we know very very little about Ironheart at this point but the character, of course, was introduced in Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and we finally saw Dominique Thorne enter into the MCU as Riri Williams, and so we'll pick up her story. We know that she's an MIT student, of course, from Chicago. She's creating these really, really advanced technical suits that rivals what Tony Stark introduced into the MCU back when we first saw him in the first Iron Man, and so I would imagine, again, she's going to play of particular importance in terms of what the future iteration of the Avengers might look like and how they are able to combat whatever threat might lie ahead. The only other thing that we really know is that Anthony Ramos is in this series as well, and he has been confirmed to be playing Parker Robbins, aka The Hood, which is the villain of the series, and this villain in particular can tap into the dark and mystical arts and magic, and so he's going to be a really complex character, I think, in particular for Riri, but Mm -hmm. how do you feel about Ironheart? I know you're incredibly excited about it, and you were pretty high on her appearance in Black Panther Wakanda Forever, but based off of what we saw in that film and how we're going to transition into her own standalone series, what are you looking forward to the most out of the Ironheart show? Man, uh, what I'm looking forward to the most, I think, is really just being honest in, in, in Down to Earth about the character of Riri Williams, man. She has a really tragic story. I won't give any spoilers just in case it's in the show. Um, but she she is a dark character. But not only that, she is very simply a smart black girl in college. Like, super extremely smart. Like you said, she goes to MIT. She's very influenced um, by, by, by Iron Man, which is, again, how we get the suit, how we get Ironheart, how we get Marks, Mark 1s, Mark 2s. And she's just she's just dope in that way, man. Um, and, and really, I'm I'm hoping they find a way 
for them to tell us how she not necessarily takes the mantle because she doesn't become Iron Man, right? She she becomes her own thing, but how she does slightly slide in to the spot that Iron Man once sat in, in terms of being the smart mech mechanical engineer person that is a part of the team um, that eventually she becomes an Avenger, and so that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Get us get us give us a very small story of how she's inspired by him. Um, give her her villain. But make sure there's meaningful things in the in-between. Because she's black, don't shy away from any of the blackness. <laughs> make sure, you know, you still include those things. Make it tasteful. Care about her as a character. Care about the show. And that's what I'm looking for, man, in Ironheart. I have an Ironheart keychain now. She's really dope. I, I've always been similar to her, which is why the reason I love I'm a black engineer myself. So I'm just I'm just looking for a, a, a good story, man, and, and, and some, some dope uh, superhero action. There's a great opportunity here as well for them to do something that they just haven't done before, and that's tell a college story. They haven't done that yet. We, mm-hmm. we haven't even seen Spider-Man go to college yet in the MCU. We were just finishing off his high school years with Spider-Man No Way Home. And so the fact that they can lean into that and do something it's different true. because she's still at MIT based off of where we left off with her at the end of Black Panther Wakanda Forever, I'm really, really curious to see how that's going to pan out because they can go on a campus and be in the dorm rooms and we can see her continue to interact with her other classmates and how she's going to have to juggle that life versus this impending superhero life that she's going to have to take on a lot of responsibility of course that comes with that so very curious to see how they are able to execute that the next one is an animated project again from marvel studios x-men 97 which we've heard a lot about at this point is going to be the excuse me, the continuation, easy for me to say, the continuation of X-Men, the animated series, the popular X-Men series from the 90s. They are picking up in 1997, which is directly after the events of the final episode of X-Men, the animated series, if you are familiar. This is the one that, you know, I think we're still a little unclear about in terms of its connectivity within the proper MCU, but they did show some concept art this past Comic-Con. They talked a little bit about the story and where they were going to go with it. A lot of the original voice cast is also coming back. And so it's one of the things that I never thought Marvel Studios would do. I never thought that they would sort of own this. But as they have increased and tapped in more to the animation space, I mean, why not go back to one of the most beloved animated cartoons that we've ever gotten? One that was so influential in the 90s and I think paved the way for a lot of their their following animated series to come after that. So 97 should be great. It's slated to come out this fall. Hopefully it does hit that mark. I know that there's been a lot of shifts with their animated projects that we'll have to see how that shakes out. But it seems like that this one is going to be on track. But I have high hopes for this one just based off of, you know, being a massive fan of that first animated series. Man, it it still that opening theme of X-Men might still be the most iconic superhero theme. Like, I'm trying to think what's still more. Icon- I don't think anything is any song is still more iconic than that original X-Men theme. man. Um, I, I actually. Uh, uh, ran into and met Jim Lee um, a couple months ago, and I had to give him praise about X-Men and what he did with that show, man, and the opening sequence and things like that. It really does hold a spot in in Nerdum for me in, in very early X-Men adventures. A lot of people don't know X-Men is my favorite comic. <laughs> I have literally an X-Men comic box full of X-Men comics. <laughs> I'm wearing a hoodie right now, just so y'all can X-Men see. Like, I'm currently. a fan, too. And yeah. so we are we are here, man, um, for all X-Men shenanigans and intros and all of it, man. And I think they really have an opportunity to to do something dope with X-Men 97. Again, like you said, we don't know exactly what it is, but I just don't feel like 
them putting the song in uh, uh, in Miss Marvel after telling us that she's a mutant, or I just don't feel like Professor X showing up in Multiverse of Madness and them playing the song there is an accident. In fact, in the yellow wheelchair, you know what I'm saying? Like I feel like something is here. We don't know what it is yet. But we do know that it's coming this year, and so I'm excited for it. This is probably the thing. Loki, I might be like, it's it's two or three on the list of excitement <laughs> um, of, of, of what's going on here, man. So I, I really can't wait to see what they give us with X-Men 97. Man, you're right. The indicators are certainly there with that theme music. Like, that is no accident on that part. Mm-hmm. So there must be some some really big implications for, for what it's going to do and, and how it's going to sort of cross over and connect to the larger MCU the next project is Craven the Hunter on the Sony side of things. So this is the one live action movie that we can expect out of Sony this year. So this is going to be another Spider-Man spinoff character focused driven film that they're that they're releasing this year. They've already done Venom and Venom Let There Be Carnage and then they have Morbius last year. Craven the Hunter, of course, is one of Spider-Man's biggest rogues, a part of his rogues gallery. He's a big game hunter. He's also a conservationist. He's a protector of the natural world, quote unquote. But he lives for the hunt. He is an animal lover and that's really what he's all about, achieving mm-hmm. the best and the biggest hunt possible. But of you have to ask the question, how does this movie work without Spider-Man? I know we all ask that, too, with Venom and Morbius. Like, how do you make a story about a villain who's naturally supposed to be in opposition to our hero? I think that they had somewhat of a success story with Venom in terms of how they were able to do something a little bit different. But Venom has a entirely different level of popularity compared yeah. to a Morbius or a Craven. Like, Venom mm-hmm. is super, super popular and has often been integrated into hero stories and been more viewed as an anti-hero. Craven, not so much. And so don't really know what to expect out of this. We only really know that the other cast members are Ariana DeBose, who is an incredible talent, Academy Award winner already. She is playing the love interest of Craven Calypso, who's a voodoo priestess. And so there's a couple of other characters. Craven's half-brother is going to be here as well. Again, just don't know what to expect, but... You know, we'll be there. We'll see it. Obviously, we're going to go watch it and just kind of be yep. exposed to whatever's going to happen on screen just out of sheer curiosity. But how do you feel about this and how do you just feel about the entire experiment from Sony and what they're doing with these these spinoff focused movies? Because there are other projects coming in mm-hmm. in later years. We talked about the hypno hustler a few weeks ago and what <laughs> Donald Glover is going to do with that. But where are you right now with just the Sony side of things and their Marvel characters? Man, uh, like you said, it's been a weird ride, man. Um, I, I do enjoy sitting in theater watching the Venom movies. Um, of course, they're not like masterpieces or anything, but they're very enjoyable movies. I like at least being in the theater when I watch the Morbius. Obviously, not so much. Not sure I ever touch that movie ever again in my life. But there is there there is a little bit a part of me that says like just maybe just give us one and we'll understand you know what i mean maybe give us one movie and we say okay that was a decent and and we we again outside of venom i i'm skeptical that we'll say that right now but i will say craven the hunter having aaron taylor johnson in in ariana debose is pretty cool like those are two people that's like when they there, they there to act. You know what I'm saying? No, they're they not there to do no BS. They not there to play no games. They there to act and usually in something good. <laughs> those are those are people who usually have are in pretty good movies. So I'm looking forward, I think, to not necessarily I'm not like super excited for the film per se, but I am looking forward to see what Aaron Taylor Johnson can bring to Craven the Hunter. And I'm I am kind of interested how they spin this. Like you just said, what does this mean without Spider Man? 
so I am that that does pique my interest a little bit. Like, what are y'all, what are y'all about to do with this? You know, kind of type thing. And so I think, um, again, in it being an experiment, I am uh, looking forward to it uh, just a little bit, um, just to see what happens. Like you said, we'll be there. Um, but other than that, man, who knows what we're going to get out of this thing? It's it, it 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 is weird right now. But Sony believes in it. That doesn't mean we believe in it per se. Um, but it's time for them to get us to buy in. Just please, no more trash ass post credit scenes. The one in Morbius makes no sense at all. Zero like out of 10. zero sense. And so mm-hmm. I just l- let's not do stuff like that. Like let's really think and use some brain power to 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 make this all connect in the way that they that they envision. But yep. but do so in a way that makes sense to us as an audience because that that that's going to be important. We're going to pick holes and stuff that 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 seems often seems odd to us. We're going to shift gears again and talk about a video game coming out this year. Quite possibly one of the vi- biggest video games that's going to release this year, coming out of Insomniac, Marvel Spider-Man 2, which of course is the sequel to the hugely successful 2018 Spider-Man game, and also a sequel to Spider-Man Miles Morales, which came out in 2020 as a launch title with the PlayStation 5. So this is going to take both Miles Morales and Peter Parker and team them up together. And speaking of Venom, it looks like and appears he will be at least the central antagonist of this new of this new stories. Of course, with the video game, you can expect other rogues gallery villains to pop up. And I'm sure that they are building to something even bigger if you've played the game and seen some of the, the post credit sequences. But it looks like villain is going to be the big bad at this one. I mean, what 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 is there to really say about this beyond the fact that the first Spider-Man game might be might be the greatest superhero game ever made I, you can argue you know some other cases i know arkham is arkham is huge i love arkham in, in that series but mm-hmm. that first spider-man game was was really really amazing and, and, and just such a such an incredible work of art and so this next one just can't wait for it just want to see the whole dynamic between miles and peter like what what's that going to be like to play both of them at the same time because we didn't get to we didn't get a chance to really experience that quite yet because miles morales was really focusing on him and peter parker went overseas and took a little vacation and he just left Miles to fend for himself, which was kind of cruel. But I can't wait to see just like where the story picks up and how they're just going to continue to unfold this and have it existed in its own pocket universe. That's kind of a good thing about this is that, mm-hmm. you know, the Spider-Man game doesn't tie into movies or TV like it's it's its own thing. So they can really just like do whatever they want and take the story wherever they want to go. Yeah, man, it's 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 it'd be one thing if it was like, oh, Spider-Man one was good. I don't know if they can do it again. And then Miles Morales comes out and you're like, damn, y'all did it again pretty fast too at that and so this it makes you even really it says spider-man 2, they should be calling this thing spider-man 3 miles was way longer than <laughs> i thought it was gonna be like i'm very surprised it only says two but i i i know this this thing is gonna be fire man only thing i'm still disappointed about y'all gonna keep hearing my mouth about multiplayer games but if you got peter parker <laughs> and miles morales in the same game i should be able to do hood rat spider-man swing shit with my friend is all i'm saying um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited for it, man. Tony Ty being involved, Venom being involved, man, let's, let's up the ante a little bit. It seems like what they're going to do here. Um, and in fact, now they get to make this completely on PS5 if they want, you know what I mean? Like this could be a PS5 exclusive if they really want it to be. Um, the sure. last gen is kind of fading away. What freaking, the reason I bought a PS5 was to play Miles Morales. You know what I'm saying? Like you kind of had to. And so I'm hoping they kind of follow the same suit, make the graphics just fire as can be, make the story fire as can be. Both characters, the darkness of it all, I think they're we're in store for another treat with Marvel Spider-Man 2 from Insomniac, man. And, and yeah, I just think it's going to be dope. So we have to see. Yeah, PS5 exclusivity would really 
help it live up to its full potential mm, if that exactly. were to be the case so ho- mm. I, I do hope because selfishly i know we both can say we have ps5s uh get on the bandwagon and get one if you don't got it they are no longer having a shortage of them they they are widely available so <laughs> get you a ps5 before the holiday season let's quickly talk about some other games that are coming out beyond this year though because there, there are a lot of marvel projects in terms of gaming that that, that are on the horizon yeah. we've briefly mentioned a few of these but insomniac is also currently working on a wolverine game which Jesus Christmas that is I I can't even envision the amazing shit we're going to see out of that game because my faith is fully placed in them just based off of what they've already <laughs> done with Spider-Man so there's no reason to believe that Wolverine isn't going to be great we also have heard a lot about this untitled Iron Man game which is going to be coming from EA Motive that should be really interesting just considering the 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 gameplay aspect of it just yeah. the fact that you know you're gonna have to fly and you're gonna have all these different suits the mark versions of the suits there mm-hmm. there's a lot to really consider and then last but certainly not least i know we talked about this a while ago back when disney had their d23 day the untitled upcoming game between captain america and black panther those are going to be the two protagonists of that game it's going to take place during world war ii and it's coming out of skydance which is also equally interesting because i believe this is their first major video game that they're developing and this is going to be a period piece it's going to be a historical game we're going back in time to the previous t'challa t'chaka not t'challa of the current day but t'chaka his father and we're going to focus on the relationship between him and steve rogers so his grandfather actually oh his grandfather sorry so his grand Mm -hmm. yeah that, that would make sense all the way back to world war ii so there's just a lot to look forward to on the video game front for Marvel. I mean, w- what excites you the most out of just these these upcoming projects that are currently being worked on? We don't have solid release dates yet, but they're definitely on the horizon and, and being developed at this current moment. You know, it depends. If this Wolverine game is rated M, absolutely that one. Uh, it will be. It won't even be close to be honest. If if Wolverine is rated M, you telling me I can? There's blood and I'm Wolverine <laughs> and I'm doing all this crazy stuff with my claws. It'll be that one absolutely for sure. Of course, co second. I don't even know what Captain America and Black Panther game means 100%, but Amy Hennings, this is her game. Amy Hennings used to be um, one of the big uh, uh, officers. I forgot which one, but she used to be part of Nighty Dog, actually. And and so you telling me this uh, the woman, one of the, the, the people that helped make either Uncharted and Last of Us is coming in to make Captain America and Black Panther? I think that's pretty cool, depending on how they do it, man. So um, it really depends on what these games look like. I'll be able to better tell after trailers. Right now, I'd probably say Wolverine, though. Yeah, Wolverine um, just has the highest ceiling of where you could go. We, we don't really have clarity on uh, connectivity either, if it'll somewhat tie into the Spider-Man franchise. I, I, I don't know if I feel strongly either way just yet, because I, mm-hmm. I think there's a great case for both. But either way, as you said, the rating is going to tell us a lot and just the story and just like what type of version of wolverine are we going to see because mm. if you have wolverine that means you have mutants there there has to be something there that's true and so if it is unconnected to the spider-man universe you might be able be able to have a little bit more flexibility with the stories that you tell with mutants and maybe some other characters from x-men or brotherhood you know factions that we might mm-hmm. see pop up at, at a certain wow. point in time so we'll have to see um a couple of other projects though that i do want to quickly just mention from marvel studios they were initially slated for 2023, but at this point in time, kind of unsure if they're actually going to come out this year. But we do want to highlight them just in case. going to cover our ass if they do actually come out this year. What if Season 2, Echo, and Agatha Coven of Chaos? Now, over the past few weeks, there have been some stories, some rumors swirling about some of these series being delayed, possibly as far as to 2024, perhaps, in the case of Echo. Agatha Coven of Chaos is currently filming right now. They just started filming 
It was initially slated for winter 2023, which would be the end of this year. What if season two was slated for early 2023? Again, it, it, it's right now early 2023 and we have not seen any trailers. We don't really have any promo material. So it could come out or they might delay it further into the year. And Echo, I think we've probably heard a lot, a, a lot about recently. There were some stories swirling that there are a lot of reshoots happening with that series, a lot of rewrites. They have already filmed the first round of filming, like the main, the main sort of, I guess, amount of filming that they had to do recently with photography mm-hmm. has wrapped up. But it appears that they might go back to not the drawing board, but they might go do some pickups and some additional filming, which would put it off quite significantly, perhaps into 2024. But right now it looks like it might appear in late 2023. How are you feeling about these projects outside of just the possible delays that might exist with them? Because this is, I think this is kind of the nature of where we are with things right now. Just the the conversation around visual effects and the amount of work that it takes and the fact that they are also considering how much stuff we get in a year. Because if we were to get everything on this list from Marvel Studios in 2023, we're talking like 12 projects, which <laughs> Project is more <laughs> which is more than last year, which is a lot. And so they might even just be considering moves here just to take off something from the slate, just so that we we're not inundated with too much because we, we we've already complained about there being too much. So maybe that's mm-hmm. a reason too. But how do you feel about respectively each of these projects at, at this point? Yeah, I, I I think I am a little bit of the mindset to just slow down and give us the best possible product. I've always kind of been of that mindset, especially when so many of these other things are uh, um, somewhat already promised, right? Already have release dates. I think what Marvel also needs to realize is that to use Sony as a crutch in some ways as work that you don't have to do. You know what I'm saying? Like if, mm. if, if Spider-Man is coming out, it's okay for you not to come out with anything that month. You know what I'm saying? Or it's okay for you to slow down a little bit now that they do have other, at least Marvel projects, know that they exist <laughs> and be like, okay, we can take our time a little bit knowing that Sony has at least something to give the people as uh, as it comes out. So I think they you should You couldn't they tell should that to that. Bob Chapek. He wouldn't hear that shit. He's oh, like, no, no, I want something every month, <laughs> goddammit. From us and us only. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I think there's perfect competition there, right? If Sony's putting out Marvel stuff, we're Marvel too. You know what I'm saying? Like Marvel Studios to be like, we're Marvel too. And say, sure, we may not get you know all the money from that, but we shouldn't also have to compete with that. You know what I mean? We should use that as leverage to give us more time to make our projects better. So I'm hoping that that's something um, that they decide to do. But I'm still... Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very I'm very skeptical as well that these things will come out. Um, the only thing I will say is that Agatha does feel you know uh, very similar to what they did with um, Werewolf by Night. Agatha does feel something that could be seasonal. Like they could start at Agatha very end of October, very early November as a TV show and be like, surprise, we have this thing that we've kind of been working on a long time. We just haven't said anything about. That's the one that I would be like, okay, maybe they might do this thing. But other than that, I don't I don't really see it happening. Yeah, they they don't really have a winter play right now. Everything says like fall. You know, these are just really ambiguous. Late 2023. We don't. We don't exactly know what that what that means, but that that could be a winner play, as you said, for the Agatha Covenant of Chaos. And that is filming. And so I think the Echo series probably has a little bit more importance and significance because of the inclusion of both Daredevil and Kingpin, which for sure. Daredevil Born Again is about to be filming really soon if they're not already. And that's going to be coming out next year as well. I wonder if the impact will be felt if they're released out of order in terms mm. of what we thought we were going to see. Like I. I don't know if we need to see Echo first before we see Born again. Maybe, right. maybe not, but but perhaps we do. And so 
maybe we'll get some clarity on that in the near future. And then what of season two? I mean, look, it's animation. That shit gets delayed Man. all the time. Yeah, just do what you got to do. It's the nature of the work. It's a lot to <laughs> do. do. Just ask, do, yeah. just ask Mark over at Invincible. It, it takes a long time, y'all. So we'll have to see. But hopefully, we do get at least one of these projects. But as you said, let's just you know slow down and take our time. We don't have to. We don't have to do too much because mm-hmm. they might not get the money from Sony, but they get those merchandise sales. They they do get that shit. So they're gonna reap Facts. the benefits somehow, some way, regardless mm-hmm. of of what comes out in a respective month. But we'll certainly have to see. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have for this episode of Two Black Nerds. Thank you again, of course, for tuning into another podcast. We will be back next week to talk about the brand new M. Night Shyamalan film, Knock at the Cabin, starring Dave Bautista. We're going to go check that out this weekend. Very, very much looking forward to that. And of course, we'll be back again to recap and review episode four of HBO's The Last of Us. Certainly excited to see where that series continues to progress in the coming weeks. Plenty to look forward to, but until then, we will see y'all next time yes sir we are audi 5000 please check out our two black panthers forever collection at twoblacknerds.com and remember always bet on black appreciate y'all love y'all thank you for listening to another episode of two black nerds where we're too black too nerdy and we out y'all peace Get a mink, baby girl, let's ride. Let's you ride. the number one star. We gon' glide and go straight to the mall and tear down the inside. You that Prada, Gucci, full link leather, leather, is cooler, Gucci sweater, twenty inches pop my feather. The bird man, dead, I fly anywhere.